This program contains strong weapons. Welcome back. Rage of Sigmar. And we are back. Here we are. We're once back. again. Alright, so uh, episode two. Here we go. Um, on this episode, we're going to talk about Jacob's experience at uh, Nova Open. Uh, we're going to talk about some games that I got to play, my hobby time. We got a couple questions from listeners that we're going to respond to. Uh, and later on, we're going to have uh, Tony Pacheco, creator of War Scroll Builder. Uh, he's going to Skype in from California, and we're going to talk about his experience at Nova and what it's like to be a Warhammer celebrity. He's uh, really excited to uh, just have come back from a weekend away from his wife and kid and then lock himself in a room for two hours to talk to us about the hobby he that, just left before. That's awesome, yeah. Uh, that seems a lot like my experience with Tony, except he's usually doing that to me. So... <laughs> 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 hasn't called in a while. Oh, and then we're also we're doing a section at the very end about some math questions because we think that math hammer is super interesting. Yeah. So we're going to compare the uh, the Leviathan to three sharks and also to what came out to be equivalent points, which is I think six or like eight more Sargard. Is that is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I just I know you didn't want you didn't care about how the eels stack up, but I wanted to use that as a baseline because everyone knows that eels are great. Yeah, let's see who's putting out the most damage output for that point value. Exactly right. Yeah, except Morsar Guard can be battle line, which is... Amazing. Sw- yeah, which swings it. And All they right. can actually get cover, unlike the other two units in this conversation. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Let's get started. Hey, Joe, what you been working on, man? Um, this weekend, I painted... Well, I built 30 more Namardi, so those are done. Nice. I just, built, I just primed them this morning. And I also primed another uh, Soul Render and my Tidecaster. Okay. And um, I built my display board this weekend. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I don't think I saw other pictures of that online. I I think I texted them to you. I'm not going to reveal them on the internet until, uh, the it's, until it's done, done. Like, yeah. I just built, I built the box and I put some hardware in it and uh, I did some molding, which was fun because I got to... Bust out the miter act, the miter box, and this hand saw, and so I textured the top of the box and uh, built some foam terrain for it, and cool, it's coming man. along. I, it's kind of like a, it was nice out this weekend and a three day weekend, so I just wanted to get it done, yeah. and then I'll take my time on it from here on out. So what you're saying is it was nice out this weekend, so you made sure that you spent four minutes outside in like inhaling fumes, and then you went right back inside so that you could paint all your toys. Yes. But those four minutes were great. <laughs> Things my wife doesn't really say very often. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just worked on those dudes. I got uh, building 30 to Marty in like one sitting is tedious. Yeah, sounds kind of numbing. I, I actually timed the, the second box. It took me 48 minutes from start to finish for 10. That's not terrible. Yeah, but it was a really long 48 minutes. Like, I was like, it's only been 48 minutes. <laughs> It's the fuck. I kind of imagine that's how all of our listeners felt once we hit the first break in the last episode. <laughs> <It's> like, what? 
only been 20 minutes. Not even halfway done. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and that oh, I put together all my endless spells. Nice. Except the purple sun. I started putting it together, and then I got mad, and I threw it away. <laughs> so, Did you really throw it yeah, away? I threw it out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the garbage. I was like, fuck this thing. I'm never using it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> I get enough scaffolding in my normal life. Why am I building the inside yeah, of it? As, as soon as I like, looked at like I had to build like a gyroscope or whatever the fuck it is, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this. This is too much like my real job. And then... <laughs> But I do was have. There a fork in there yelling at you too. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like. But I did save some parts of it, like the stuff that I didn't try to put together for mm-hmm. terrain. Or um, I was thinking, my buddy Luke, uh, you know Luke, but uh, he's got a rogue idol. So I was like, oh, that face might make like a really cool rogue idol conversion mask. So I haven't talked to him about it, but maybe I'll just offer the bit his way. Yeah, definitely. So if a buddy of mine, Kale, who I don't think you've met, he's um, is he a vegetable? David Griffin's brother-in-law. Uh, Surprisingly, no. He's just a big fruit. Uh, well, anyway, um, he he was telling me that when he built it, he literally just did it like a puzzle. And instead of doing those the inside part, he just glued the whole outside together, and it worked just fine. Yeah, I, t- I probably should have did that because what I think happened was I glued the inner frame together, but like I probably didn't set like one of those posts like all the way home. Mm-hmm. So then when I glued the outside together, it had, like, a big gap. And that's when I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm never <laughs> going to use this goddamn thing. I was just going to... I don't even care. So so I just threw it in the it's fucking just, trash. It's just a, a painful koosh ball. It's not even, like, squishy. You know what it is? It hurts my hand to put it together. Like, I needed to put on work gloves. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Got your steel toe boots on or your carbon fiber boots just to make sure no bits go flying and take off a toe. I was afraid I might drop it on my foot and then I'd have to go to the hospital, so... Fuck. And take five more days of disability. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do is just go. I'm gonna go buy another one that's done. And I'm gonna fill it with lead and I'm gonna throw it at a GW employee. There you go. There yeah. you go. That, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Is that gonna be before or after you have your um, your testicles surgically removed? They're not getting surgically removed from my body. <laughs> They're getting surgically removed from my wife's purse. Oh, oh man, is that how the those those blood vessels got twisted up? Because it got caught on her keys and her headphones. You know, this is a HIPAA violation. I'm not your doctor. All right. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's talk about my hobby. Uh, I've been sprinting, sprinting towards Nova headlong, and because I've been I've been building these these Zeem Stormcasts for a long while, and then all the new box came out, and they're all so much better. So of the original models that I built, and I've been painting for the last five or six months. I literally played with two, four, six, seven of them. That's and the rest retarded. of my of my thirty man army is is from the new box set. And so I've been I've been sprinting just like base coat wash, maybe a dry brush, call it good on each each level. But I got the army up to I want to say like ninety five percent painted. It's not painted to the standard I like, right? But like. All the tassels are covered, and all the weapons have... I actually took a shortcut with the weapons. I took I covered all the, the mauls and the weapons with the Hexwraith flame, and they look all ethereal, and it looks super good for the amount of work I had to put in, which was one coat. Um, oh. I also made a mistake and thought that that would also work with the 
the discs of Zinch, and now they're green and they look idiotic. So I have to redo that. But I painted probably 25 models to a reasonable tabletop standard. I got max paint because uh, my bases are also consistent probably and have a lot of conversions. But I got all that done in about two weeks. So I'm proud of that, and I'm looking forward to not doing a hobby sprint again until my next army. So I was going to just point out that can you let everyone who is listening know that you also had like the last eight weeks you had unlimited hobby time and you still didn't fucking do any of it? I got so much more hobby done once my wife came home last like two weeks ago because I realized that meant Nova was coming up real soon. And so I sat with her while we watched Netflix and I painted a lot and like devoted every day of my weekends to doing it. Wow, that was not my priority when she was gone. I had to take care of the dog and watch porn and take care of the dog and make a big lunch and watch videos of people playing Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> it's a lot. I had a lot on my plate, Joe. She was only gone for eight weeks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would have like four armies painted in that time period. Oh, man. This is true. This is true. Man, so I... Um, I ordered a model from Mini Stomp, who's an online retailer guy on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's a he's cool, and like he'll always send you random little new stuff. He'll send you like a little pin that goes with your army, or like a little pot of paint, whatever it is. I ordered only one model from him. I ordered a War Chanter because I'm going to make that and build it up custom for my my first round opponent at Facehammer. Okay, he's a super cool guy, and. So I'm making that model as our challenge. I'm like, I'm going to make you this model. It's going to match your paint scheme, and you're going to play with him, and I'm going to kick your ass with it. That's awesome. And uh, so I like ordered this one model from this online real ta- retailer at like 30% off. I paid $21 plus shipping for the $30 model. And he sent me four little bags of, of coffee because he just got in like 300 pounds of this, this um, like whiskey-infused coffee. So he sent me two bags of this like rye infused coffee and two bags of this Buffalo Trace infused coffee. Just like he's like, here, just have it. I want you to enjoy this. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I like I had recently told myself that I was gonna only buy my models from places that I go play at. Because in the in the greater metropolitan area of New York City, it's like so hard to keep a brick and mortar open. Like yeah. and where I live, like the closest places are either in Brooklyn or Manhattan, and those are both mm-hmm. super inaccessible for me. So it would take me hours to get there by train, and then I'd have to carry all my stuff on the train, and I don't want to do that. And then driving would take me forty-five and a minutes to an hour to get to the places in Brooklyn. It's pretty rough. So and then parking's a nightmare. So I recently had gone to play uh, in. Uh, New Jersey. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later at a place called mm-hmm. the Mythico Studios. And I met one of the owners, and he was just a cool dude and kind of like one of those guys who's doing it for the love of the hobby. Yeah. So if I'm going to go out there once or twice a month, I'm going to try and buy my stuff from them. I think that's a good idea. But if you ever don't have time to drive two hours and are okay with waiting like five days for your shit to come in, you get, you'll get some goodies also. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I think Mythico is just talking about having an online store too. So That's awesome. There yeah. you go. So that works for That's me. That's super convenient for you because then you're not risking your life trying to find parking. Yeah, it's just it's not. It's more like the eighty dollar ticket is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, wait, uh, I thought it was eighty dollars to park, and if you get the ticket, it's like nine hundred dollars. <laughs> might as well be. I, I think- told you about the time that I got I got a parking ticket. It was a. It should have been. I was I was there for thirty minutes longer than I should have been. 
it should have been a two hundred dollar ticket in San Francisco, <laughs> and then they towed my car, and I had to pay those like five hundred dollar impound. Are you for real? They towed your car for thirty minutes. Is, yeah. Yep. See, that's in in New York. You can get if you get a parking ticket, it's good for the day. If you're in the oh. outer boroughs, so like if you get your ticket, you might as well just leave your car there, right? And leave the ticket on it, and then they won't give you a. Nice, but if you're in Manhattan, you get a ticket every thirty minutes. So if you're like two <laughs> hours late, you get like four fucking hundred fifty dollar tickets, and since they'll yeah. just boot, they'll just boot your car. Oh, great! That's good. Yeah. That's real good. I um I had to walk to the impound lot that same day because like I can't drive home. I live in Oakland, so yeah. I walked to the impound lot to go pick it up. The thing is, it was also parked in one of those spots where they have like a seven-page flowchart posted above. <laughs> yeah, it's like if this doesn't work, then it's just in. If this, yeah, if it's Tuesday on the third Tuesday of every month that ends in an R, like it's like are we for real right now? Like, yeah. let, me, let me just bust out my protractor see, see if I can park here for yeah. fifteen. Minutes. Get to memorize all of the Jewish holidays and <laughs> like what what moon is in fucking bloom right now yeah what the I only, fuck i only knew 95 digits of pie so of course i got a parking ticket <laughs> it's so true it's true oh god all right so everyone who's listening write to your city councilman and have them but you know fight for more simple parking rules okay <laughs> <laughs> well man parking is a racket it's public space so why are we are we why are we paying to use it yeah, I agree. It's just a tax collection. But right. like down of down in Flushing, like where I go to pick Lindsay up from mm-hmm. the train or if I'm going to go get sushi, the sushi restaurant I go to is pretty dope over there. It's like 25 cents for 10 minutes of parking. Yep. So like it's max an hour parking, so you end up paying like a couple bucks just to park for an hour. And it's just like, what the f- Fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's super. Anyway, we're talking about. Po- All right. Yeah. So thanks, get- for, thanks for joining us on our local scale political <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> joined here by Leslie. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, back to Nova, you had some crazy painting to do. And uh, were you painting at the tournament? Not this time. That was a picture from Adepticon two years ago that David posted on Twitter. But I was. So I got in. My flight was supposed to land at 10 p.m. on the Friday before the double uh, the the singles GT because of a lightning storm they grounded all of the crews and they wouldn't take the bags out of the planes so I landed a little late like 10 30 10 45 and then me and Anthony are sitting in the airport <laughs> for an hour and a half before they could like bring the the luggage out so I didn't get we didn't get to the hotel until probably 12 45 oh that's really frustrating to like be yeah. there but not able to get your shit or work you know so yeah awful. yeah and so i spent three hours painting at the hotel after that <laughs> i got to bed around like three forty-five. <laughs> oh that sucks so it actually wasn't that bad i was i was pretty energized um from not being sitting in a freaking airport anymore so yeah. i was really glad of that um anthony helped me he actually what a what a champ he brought his like backup display board that he had printed a piece of terrain for and so we just he hit that with a black mat, and I did some line highlights on it so it would match my like black obsidian basing scheme, which I think is now just turning into a chore of laziness, right? Like I did it because I was lazy, and now I have to make them all match. And now so it's like almost I like myself this hole. 
Yeah, that sucks. It doesn't look bad. I think once I hit it all with a, a glossy coat, it'll it'll read more like obsidian. But right now, it just sort of reads like a bunch of white V's on a black surface. Yeah. I, I think it looks good. I think it's like one of those things that doesn't look good until you're like 100% done. And yeah, then once you're 100% done, it just pulls it all together. Yeah, probably. Thanks for the pep talk. That made me feel better. Yeah, so you don't suck as much as you think you do. Mm. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, all right, so Nova. Um, I Six games, and it was played in the realms. So the first day was pl- played in the realm of Gyran. We sang a lot of police that day. You don't have to be the realm of life. Guy ran. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so that's why I took the Emerald Life Swarm in my list because it can bring back D6 wounds worth of models instead of D3. Ooh. Which means if someone kills my five wound cavalry monsters, if there's two guys in the unit, I could bring back a whole Fulminator, <laughs> which was awesome. And I pulled some really tough shenanigans to try to get it to go off. And then I rolled a four for how many wounds I could recover. And I need to hit a five or a six to bring a guy back. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah. Dice aren't going to bail me out a bad play this time. Um, so yeah, quick overview of, of the list I played. I had the Jack... Actually, I think I talked about it in the last episode, so I'm not going to go into it again. I had Stormcast, a lot of good armor, a lot of sequiturs, and good damage output with and without Rend. Um, so the first day was in Gyran. Second day was in Shimon, the realm of metal, although it probably should be the, the realm of pop. Shimon! You're reaching. I, I mean, that's what I do. But if I tell the joke seven more times, <laughs> it might approach fun. it might approach funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. How don't do you not up. know this <laughs> Don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up. Oh man. I think the fact that I think like that counts as a joke means I've pretty much given up. <laughs> um yeah, so the scenarios are pretty straightforward and they all had you got to pick your secondary. There was a list of eight secondary objectives. You had to use each of one of them once, pretty straightforward, and then there was like a little tertiary objective that you could earn a couple extra points by doing even better on the scenarios, like holding this with two battle line units instead of just claiming the objective, stuff like that. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so I don't want to go too in-depth. I was mentioning this before. I don't want to be the guy that spends 10 minutes or 15 minutes talking about each game, like spending fucking an hour and a half, but I'll, I'll do like two or three minutes per, per game. So my first game, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like maybe you should just mention like who you played and what you played, and, yeah, exactly. ha- and how it went. And if there was anything yeah. that was like major crazy, you could mention it. But like, we don't need a play by play of every exactly. turn, right? Exactly. Right. So my first game was against a guy named Robert. He was playing Chaos Dwarves, which I had never played against before. So that they was still exciting. exist. Uh, not only do they still exist, they're actually in GW produced canon and lore now. Oh wow! It's not just like something that Forge World keeps writing in and retconning themselves into the story. Like, no, they were at that battle. They just. They stubbed their toe and couldn't get into the fight, so <laughs> yeah. nobody saw it. Yeah. Everyone no, just thought they were regular see... dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> they just seemed like they had a bad morning. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that All right, so that game started. I deployed on the center line with at least two units, and then I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go in that kind of depth. We just talked about it. Um, <laughs> he mortal wounded off all of my models. and That sounds like was, fun. <laughs> it actually was. Uh, it was more competitive than that, and I killed a couple units. That's accurate. Two units. I killed two units. <laughs> yeah, but Castorbs are freaking strong. Um, 
So that was a major loss. I played a guy named Andrew. This is and this round two? Running, yeah, round two, Andrew. He was running a, a billion rats. He had three units of 30 plague monks. He had the vermin lord corruptor. Oh, okay, so he's playing like a pretty much just a plague monks list, the plague rats? Yeah, but he also had a great unclean one and two plague furnaces. That's pretty nasty sounding. It was. It was. And Did he you? had no rend, and I took off all of his models. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were like, I'm just going to save all these. You know? Oh, I mean, I put my guy with like a one-up re-rollable bouncing mortal wounds and healing into his units, and he's like, well, if I hit a six to wound, I'll get rend on. I was like, that's cool. I'm still bouncing mortal wounds back because I'm plus three on my save. I have no friends. This is all I have, Andrew. <laughs> This you're like this is the culmination of what I built this for. <laughs> Thank you. This feels so good. Yeah. No, it actually doesn't. That's actually, making making sa- like winning games off of making saves is not that fun compared to like corn where you go and you take all your opponent's models off, but they can kill you right back because they're all paper thin. These stormcast are they play the opposite, right? They don't go away, and then over time, I just grind out the attrition and win. Yeah. Um, well, so that was a lot of fun because I so won. I'm glad you got a good sports vote for that game. Oh, uh, I don't want to talk about sports votes. I didn't get any best sports votes. You got I'll none? Tell you more. I'll tell you more in a second. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you more in a second. None? I got, I got zero best sports votes. <laughs> Who are you? I'll tell you more in a second. It's a Stormcast, man. Um, all right, so game three, I played a guy named Mark who's actually, I think, from New Jersey. And he was a super cool guy. He plays Nurgle. He ran a great unclean one, th- uh, three tens of Blight Kings, the Harbinger that gives him the five up feel no pain, okay. and a little like hero. And I just couldn't get through his Blight Kings. I killed a lot of Blight Kings, and I couldn't. I think I probably killed 20 or 25 Blight Kings, but he was just so ahead on scenario points that i couldn't claw my way back and like if they if it had gone like seven turns maybe i could have gotten there it was close and it was so much fun and i was super drunk because the the hotel wouldn't serve liquor before 3 3 p.m i didn't want to walk all the way upstairs to get a glass of beer so i walked to a liquor store two blocks away and got a way too large bottle of whiskey and poured it into my coffee after game one and so it was just like at first, I had whiskey in my coffee, and then it turned into I had coffee in my whiskey. That's awesome. And then it turned into I have whiskey in my coffee cup, and where's the rest <laughs> of my bottle of whiskey? <laughs> That's I love that you get like really shitty drunk at like a lot of tournaments now because you're like I'm not yeah. drinking beer, I'm gonna drink whiskey, and then like it's less calories. At Adepticon, <laughs> at Adepticon, you just forfeit a match and sleep at the table because it's too- not true. I played half of the match and told the, told my opponent who was winning that it was a draw, and then fell asleep on the table and left all my models there for Anthony to clean up. I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> No, but so so Mark was was a ton of fun, and he wasn't he wasn't a drinker, but he was still way fun to play against. While he's completely sober, and I'm getting plenty drunk, and he didn't ever call me on it. He didn't say, "Jacob, you're shitty drunk. Stop being a bad person." Okay, so he made me feel really good about myself, and we had a great time. That's awesome. So that's your game three, huh? It's my game three. That's awesome. Uh, oh, I think Luke Snell texted me while you were playing that, and i I told him I told him to tell you that I hope you lose. 
Yeah, he was really friendly the whole weekend. I loved seeing him. Yeah. And he would just he'd wander over and be like, Oh, this narrative event is great. I'm so glad I'm doing it. How are you doing? I'm like, I'm losing all my games and the terrain looks like one step better than the London GT. <laughs> no, actually the I mean, in 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 all honesty, uh, Chuck did a great job running the tournament and the like the scenarios were fun, the way it was set up made a lot of sense. Like the the space was good. It was a little tight, but the space was good and it was well run. But I think for next year, I'm I'm hoping he's going to bring his A game when it comes to building up better terrain, because it was sort of just styrofoam blocks that had been sprayed and dry brushed. Um, there was like two hills on every table and like a big L shaped ruin that was made of two styrofoam pieces that had been like carved into a little bit. Uh, and then like maybe there was a ruins or maybe there was something else. But it was you know it left a lot to be desired. Uh, it's good that he has something he can work on for next time because I think everything else about the tournament went really well. So here's my when you say the London GT is that the one that had like the 2D terrain for Aethed? Uh, it wasn't 2D, but it was like they had actually just taken like one foot by one foot Lego blocks and put them on the table. Really? Yeah. That's dumb. It is. It's it, it was. I mean, it was a big a big thing. People were talking about how bad the London GT was, but I, so I wouldn't say. I, w- I would say that the terrain was on the lower end of of average or like. Of mediocre, but like you know, it gives him something to work on for next year. He just took it over, and he had a lot of things he was doing. Uh, and you know, for an eighty, like for your first TO experience to run an eighty-four person tournament, that's a lot. I mean, how much terrain per table were? You, how many pieces per table? Six. There was, yeah, five or six, uh, and there were some fences. So maybe some tables might have had like seven or eight. That's but, kind you know, so like two of them were hills, which is nothing because hills don't actually do anything in the game. Yeah, that I mean that's very. It seems like it's on the light side for Age of Sigmar, right? Yeah, yeah, so. and none of it was like there were no printed GW pieces or no or like uh, there was no three D printed terrain. There was no GW pieces, which is like getting GW scenery is is low hanging fruit. Even though those kits suck to put together, everyone has access to them. Yeah, they're a little expensive, but I'm that's sure true. I'm sure with the modern Games Workshop policies you could get through to them and be like hey can you guys hook it up man like i'm running an 84 person gt can i get well, and, a, a discount or something like hook yeah it up, please, and nova, nova is a huge huge tournament and they i'm sure can spend some money on on terrain or get terrain donated or have, just like have people who are in the area because a lot a ton of people drove like pull the uk sort of model and say everyone brings four pieces of terrain and that gets you an extra two tournament points so, like, I would have given up those two tournament points, or I would have packed some of the 3D-printed stuff that Anthony made for me and thrown it in my bag and, like, brought it, and we would have had stuff on the table. I think that's a good idea. I like that idea, um, considering that, like, like my board at home right now that I'm working on mm-hmm. probably has, like, 10 pieces of terrain for a 6x4 board. Yep, and so, uh, like, you can just expand it from, your, from being your 2x2 two two display board to being a full table. Now that's, I mean, that's my, that's my board. That's my to play on. Oh, I, I thought, okay. I thought you were you saying your playing. display board also had. No, my display oh. my display board won't have any room for terrain besides like the backdrop on one part because of and the because so, the, the ships. Yeah, yeah. And I have two boats. So that makes sense. So anyway, um, so you end you end game games. three. End game three. I'm. What do you guys do Saturday night? Uh, everything. We did everything. Where did you, did you uh, guys go to DC was, or did you party in Alexandria? We actually just stayed at the hotel and got super drunk there. And, oh, no, we went and got steaks across the street, and they had $50 steaks, and it ate, like, a $39 steak. But I'm okay with that. It was still delicious. Wow. 
That's yep. how my, that's what I pay Fred for my Bini. steaks before they're cooked. Yeah, it was delicious. Um, how that, was... Yeah, Joe Urban is like, <laughs> I had steak last night. I want to go back there and get steak for dinner tonight. And then I want to go back there tomorrow morning and see if they'll serve me steak for breakfast. <laughs> you cannot tell that the man lives with a vegetarian wife. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, I'm going to go get that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uncooked bacon? Just slide it in my ear. I don't care. I just want it inside <laughs> of me. Yeah. He was the only person who really texted me back this weekend. Yep. So shout, Thanks, out, shout out to Joe Urban. Thank you for keeping me in the loop. So speaking of Joe Urban, we've um, come up with a new game to play, and it is my new favorite game ever, and I want to figure out a way to make it a segment on this show. The game works like this. You try to name a piece of GW merchandise. No, I'm sorry. Name a model that Joe, that Joe Urban doesn't have. Oh, that's impossible. It's really hard. We went around the table at least three or four times with seven or eight people naming the most obscure thing we could think of, and the answer was almost always, yeah, I have that. Yeah, no, I have that. Oh, I don't have that, but I traded it to someone to get this whole army. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like Honestly, the two armies he doesn't have are Ideneth and and Daughters. And then he doesn't have the new Archeon model because he doesn't like special characters. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yeah, that new Archeon model, though, is so nice. Like It's good. It's too big. It's too it big. Doesn't, it doesn't break the scale of the game like Skeletti's giant dragon did. But it doesn't really work either. Yeah, that giant dragon was really cool though, and I like that he managed to fit it on the regular size base for Aethed Warhammer. Yeah, I just yeah. Like, it was and he, on... he definitely copied that idea from Zach Lopez. But yeah, it's still cool. <laughs> yeah, for context, our friend Mike bought the Skyrim Alduin like special yeah, edition like figure. The God dragon. <laughs> The guy dragon, the boss of the game for Skyrim, and he converted it to be his black dragon. His for eighth for, ed, uh, for eighth ed Warhammer. It? So like not it, Malarian. What's his actual name? What's Malarian's real name? Who? Malakith. Malakith. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, for, for his Malakith model or whatever, right? So it's fit on like he had a tower for it that fit on like a fifty by a hundred base. It was a hundred by a hundred base. Oh, was it was a hundred by a hundred. Yeah. It was two. It was like double wide. Yeah. Okay. But it was still way too small because the model is legit a foot and a half tall and has a wingspan yeah. of. It, it was. I want to say two feet. It, it was <laughs> fucking retarded looking, but it, 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 like Mike did such a good job. It, it was just like that thing would be a god. It was like a god. Uh, I mean, yeah, like absolutely that that one model for like story wise could have fought a whole army and like won. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, with end time rules, absolutely. Yeah. So then. <laughs> <laughs> Some the dude, next tournament. He goes. This dude Zach comes up to him at a tournament. He's like, "Yo, dude, that thing is dope. Where did you get that?" And Skeletti's like, "Oh, it's from the Skyrim box set. Blah blah. blah. You know, it's a special edition Skyrim." <laughs> so we go to the next event we're at, and Zach's got the same fucking thing on the table. <laughs> and Skeletti's like, "Is he fucking for real right now? <laughs> like, are you fucking for real, dude?" And like, no, I don't. I don't. I have no opinion on the matter. Just seeing Scaletti's reaction made me so happy. Like I was dying. It was so funny. And he's like, like I remember, like, <laughs> like Scaletti's girlfriend Liz, who I love. Liz, she's great. She was pissed. Like it was, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Everyone was like, "What the fuck, Zach?" And then Zach's like, "Dude, look, I did it too. Like, thought it was like the coolest thing ever." <laughs> like I also bought that same GW kit. No, you didn't. You had to go so far out of your way to do this. That was like a seven hundred dollars Skyrim box set. <laughs> like, oh yeah. So, 
it was even on a PlayStation. It was really fucking funny. Like I, I know why it made Mike upset. You know what I mean? Because you work on it, you do a conversion to make your army stand out, and then someone just goes and does the same thing. <laughs> I mean, like Scaletti did a much better job of like repositioning the wings and shit. Yeah, like Scaletti definitely. actually like cut that thing up and like repositioned it so it didn't look weird. Like it looked right. That was his his secret project forever. Yeah, he would text. So before they ever had rumor engine, Scaletti had been sending me pictures of parts of the model out of context, so that I would because I was like, I want to guess what this conversion is. I want to figure out what it is. And I was, and he's like, There's no way you're gonna get it. And I was like, That's fine. And like I was going through like eBay and Amazon looking at porcelain dragon pedestals that people use as like a uh, coffee table i was looking at all sorts of things to try to figure out what he was going to use for his dragon oh that's great oh it was great and so it's so much fun to just remind him that zach lopez did it first <laughs> poor fucking mike yeah poor guy oh, all right great. um so we got segued now so you guys went out eight steaks we went out, then, we, then we went to the rooftop bar at the venue and hung out with um some of the GW folks and some of the folks in playing other tournaments. And I was exhausted because we'd been up till 4 a.m. that four. Uh, and I just had no gas left in the tank. So, oh, so I'm disappointed in myself for not partying harder. But, you know, maybe next time. Yeah, next year. There's always next year. There's always next year. All right, so um, day two. Game one, I played against a guy named Austin who was playing a Night Hunt list that featured my absolute nightmare of a model, Lady Alinder, who just pours out mortal wounds and melts my whole army. I don't know if you know this, but Stormcasts are really susceptible to mortal wounds. It's a big weakness for them. Okay, that's good. Um, and he had, he also had 20 blade geists, which we're going to talk about more later, but he sent them across the board into my evocators on Dracolines and rolled a 10 for the charge. Oh my god, yeah. Immediately, and he just took them straight off the table. Before the combat phase? Because he got to fight again yep. with them. In... Yep. Oh he my god. Again. Well, actually, so he didn't then choose them to pile in. He chose someone else to pile in, and I took off a bunch of them with a different unit. Um, the game was really close. It looked like I was going to lose for a long time, and I was down on models. Um, but sequiturs and the evocators with the big staffs, because they don't have rend, they don't need rend against Night Haunt. They're just doing their flat damage, too. Uh, I managed to, like, I think I took off all of his models, too, by the end of the game. And in terms of points, it came really close. And he, like, stepped on an objective and took it right out from under me um, because of the way the wording works. And we four-upped, like, if he was going to be able to claim it or not. And he took it off of me right under my nose. And I was real grumpy about that, so I had to go kill his character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had a great time, but, like, I ended up, with 13 models left on the table out of my 30, and he ended up with zero models left on the table out of his... I mean, it must have been at least 100 models. He had a 40 of chain ga- of chain rasps, a 20 of chain rasps, a 20 of blade geists, 10 hex wraiths. Like, he had a, a big army. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Those, um... The... Not the Spirit of Torment. The chain ghasts, the ones that extend the, the link... Yeah. Those are really cool. They've got, like, a shooting attack, and they do two damage on their... Or, they're, like, their D3 or two damage on their, their melee attacks. They're really... They also, like, buff everybody else, right? They buff yeah, the army? Yeah, exactly. And in the battalion he's running, they they buff the chain the chain rasps, even if they're not within range of the spirit torment. Oh, that's good. 
Yeah, it was really good. He like he he also took off a fulminator with chain rasps on the first turn because he had like rend one. No, he didn't have rend. He just like wave diced me and just like just devoured them. But without rend, he wasn't going to ever get through my my character who bounces mortal wounds back. So that guy by himself took out 60 chain rasps over the course of the game, just sitting there bouncing mortal wounds back and then swinging at them. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I make friends real good. So that was a win? That was a win for me. And then I faced by far the my best opponent of the weekend. His name is Neil LaRocha. He's from the Ohio crew Rend 4. And he was running a... Um, oh, shoot, what are they called? It's not the... Not the Eldritch Council. What's what's the what's the dragon? Oh, Drac uh, Order Draconis. Order oh, Draconis. Yeah. So he had three dragons and twenty dragon princes and one character. That's pretty cool. And he had he had two copies of the same battalion, which lets the like once per game the hero and both units of dragon princes get a free move in the hero phase. And then he rolls a four up, and on the, if he hits the four up, the dragon gets to do its breath in the hero phase before doing it again later in the shooting phase. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he melted so much of my army because that's um, all I, mortal wounds, right? Yeah, and he was rolling like a champ. So the way the dragon fire works is, if you don't know, he rolls a die for a unit within twelve. On a one or two, it does one mortal wound. On a three or four, it does D three mortal wounds. On a five or six, it does D six mortal wounds. And oh, I am wow. telling you. That man was hitting the five and sixes and then following up with like four, five, or six mortal wounds on his D6 every time. There might have been one time he rolled a one on that D6. But he hit the D6, I want to say, 80% of the time. And it was amazing. He said to me, because like his whole army has a four-up armor save, and then but like the dragon fire breath really goes off on a five-up, like the, the strength of it. right? Yeah. He goes, I would rather roll a five-up any day of the week compared to a four-up. Because he couldn't make an armor save to save his life. But he was hitting those five ups when it came to the dragon fire breath all day. Yeah, it's wild. It was great. So he he took um I took an early lead on scenario points because he deployed a little bit defensively, and then he sprinted forward and took off almost all of my army. Um, I managed to finally kill. Oh man, this is great. So Anthony had finished his game really early because he got his ass kicked, and so he's sitting next to the table. And he's like, Jacob, there's still three dragons there. What are you doing? He's like, I know, I know. So turn three rolls around, I kill a dragon. I was like, hey, Anthony, look, look, how many dragons? He goes, yeah, there's still two. I'm like, fuck you, shut up. <laughs> and I kill another one. I was like, Anthony, look, look. He goes, yeah, there's still a dragon left, Jacob. I was like, oh, I just want your approval. He's like, you're never going to get it. <laughs> That's good. Um, it came down to points, and I did pull that one out, and that was by far the best game of the tournament. So um, you, you gave him your best game? Uh, I'll tell you more about that later. Okay. Um, and then my last game was against Christian, who was playing Karajan Overlords. He was a really nice guy. Like he, he rolled up. He's wearing a top hat and had goggles on the top hat. Like uh, he won. He was like committed to this Karajan Overlords thing. And uh, he, he's like, I brought you a bottle of water or a coke, whichever one you want. I'll take the other one. I was like, cool, thank you. And, like he gave me one of his club dice, and he was really friendly. Uh, and. You know, we're talking through his army. I was like, "All right, so what does what does Brock Grungison do?" Because his his list was Brock, twelve Endrin Riggers, two frigates, and thirty Arcanaut Company. You know, three tens and like a chemist, I think. Um, and I, so, you know, I was asking him what some of these things do. I was like, "Oh, what does Brock do?" And he's like, "Oh, he's just got a mini cannon on his back and he fights good in combat." I was like, "Okay, 
cool. If you needed to tell me anything else, I'm sure you would have told me. And like, so I asked him a couple different things like, oh, what does that do? What does this do? And you know, he told me this and that. And then the game, it's like I deploy my army in such a way that he won't be able to shoot me on the first turn based on what he's told me. It's like, oh, so Arcanaut move five, right? He's like, yeah, they move five. It's like, all right, cool. And their guns are 24 inches? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I'm putting my adjudicators 29 and a half away, so you can't shoot me on the first turn. Whichever one of us moves up first gets to shoot the other one. Yeah. Is he going to get shot by the other one? I'm going to play some chicken with you. Right? And he's like, okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> and then, uh, so turn one rolls around. He takes first turn because he's got like four drops. He runs all of his army forward. It's like, oh, you're running, so you're not going to be able to shoot. Like, I, I didn't say that out loud. I said it to myself. Um, he runs his whole army at me. It's like, all right, you're not going to be able to charge or shoot. That's interesting. And he's like, all right, shooting phase. I'm going to shoot now. I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, oh, my, um, my skyport lets me run and shoot on the first turn. Like, all right, well, that would have been really good to know before this game started. We're not going to like re-rack at this point. It's also my fault for not knowing your rules. But you should have told me that. Yeah, it's in the it's in the interest of like being a good sport to let your opponent know. Like, like if you say, "Okay, I'm going to deploy at 29 and a half, so you can't shoot me in the first turn," he should be like, "Well, you should know I can run exactly. and shoot in the first exactly. turn." Exactly. Because the you're since it's not a closed list, right. we don't have like a closed but, like, list. I no hidden I bullshit. Looked up what what his stuff does, but I'm not going to buy the carriage on book. Just like read it on my iPhone. I'm not. I don't know. I, I'm going to trust someone to, to tell me what I need to know, and if not, I'm going to let you dig your grave, and I'm going to think poorly of you. Okay. Uh, you know, because like, it's not like I'm on top tables. I'm At this point, I'm 3-2. and two. I'm going to get, like, 20th or something like that, depending on how my last game goes. Yeah. Um, so, like, it doesn't matter to me. I don't, I don't say, like, I finished 27th at Nova. Bow down to me. I'm a big deal. So, whatever. Um, and then he's like, I'm shooting with these things, yada, yada, yada. He, like, you know, he did some damage. He actually had an underwhelming shooting phase, so that didn't matter, but, like, that put me on tilt a little bit just, like, in terms of how he's playing. And then he goes, all right, and now my um, my engine riggers are going to charge. Like, oh, they just ran... Oh, oh, sorry. So he goes, all right, and now I'm going to bubble out Brock's ability to give everything within 12 of him run and charge. I was like, ah, oh, so when I asked you what does he do and you said he has a, a mini cannon on his back and he fights good... You didn't think you could tell me that you can get run and charge with this unit that is known for having like a demolishing attack with their um, <laughs> with their their buzz saws? You you didn't think like that would be worthy of telling me? I feel like he just took like a giant plate of tuna and threw it on the table and then shouted "Gotcha, bitch!" That's how I felt. Yeah, I mean that's like that's kind of dirty. Like I'm maybe he doesn't realize that that's like in the not in the best interest of how to play. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can't always... You can't always yeah. expect everyone to look at the game the way we do. Yeah, but, like, no, when right. your opponent goes, what does he do? You... They, he want, you're, He's <laughs> they requesting what, you what, what, to let you know not only what he does in combat, like, like the attacks is the least... Him? That's the least important thing about a character in this game. Is like... Yeah. What does he do to your units? How does he affect your movement phase? Like that's what your opponent's asking you, and it, and then to not tell them, and then have your opponent declare that he is deploying in a manner to prevent you from being able to shoot him on the first turn, and then you gotcha him. That's a being a bad sport. And like maybe the guy was mildly autistic, or maybe he was, like, you know, what I mean, maybe he doesn't get social interaction. Honestly, but I that's don't, I don't, that's I don't like even a because so, he was so friendly, and like I had a really fun time playing against him. Uh, but there were these things that he was doing, these choices he made that made me feel like it was, we were not 
playing on even footing. And maybe we shouldn't feel like we're playing on even footing because he knows more about the game than I do. And people make the joke that this is Remember Hammer. And whoever remembers more of their rules wins. Which is fine, but I don't think that him withholding information from me is is in the best interest of people wanting to play the game or play against him or play in tournaments. Okay, yeah. I So that's my soapbox. I, I'll get off. I no, I agree. Like it is remember hammer. It's you do really well if you remember your own rules, but you can't expect someone to be responsible to remember your rules. You know what I mean? Like I don't like, know. I mean I sort of think in in like cutting edge high high pressure scenarios, I think you can at like top tables. But we were on table twenty. <laughs> you know, like Neither of us was playing for the title. We were playing for one of us goes home at three and three, and one of us goes home at four and two. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think that's pretty shitty of him. That's all I'm going to say. I, I no agree. offense. I agree. No offense to him. I hope he doesn't listen to this. I think we hate him. I just hope <laughs> that if he does listen to this, he learns like you know what. There's a different way to approach his I, hobby. You know I what agree. I mean? And actually, here's the thing: is like I had a lot of fun, and I would play him again, and I would play him again in a tournament, and then watch him closely and give him feedback of like, here's how what you're doing makes me feel. Here's how what you're doing makes the game like for me. Yeah. When you make that non-game choice, because he was making non-game choices, right? Like social choices that had effects on the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. So anyway, and then there was the one, there were a couple other things he did where like I asked what a unit did and he said like, oh, it does nothing. So I chose to pile in somewhere else. And then he's like, okay, now I'm going to do their... 12 attacks, hit on threes, wound on twos, rend two, damage d3. It's like, you just said their attacks are negligible. But at that point, I'd already sort of, not given up, but like accepted that that was what it was going to be. There were times where I asked him, what's your Arcanaut's bravery after I had a battle shock? He's like, they're brave seven. I was like, okay, that sounds wrong, but I believe you, and I'm not going to win based on one point of bravery. And then when I checked later on, it's like, oh, they're definitely bravery six. So... It was a learning experience, and I also just wish I had known that that's what I had to get go up against because Joseph had played him earlier that day and called him on stuff because Joseph knows every army because he's a savant and loves Caradron. Um, I love Joe Irvin. Anyway, so yeah, he um, he played against him and had to call him on stuff, and I wish I had, I guess, listened when he told me about his games instead of, um, you know, picturing boobs or something. Yeah, I think... Um... Joe's a good guy to play against someone like that because Joe will also, even though he's super friendly and laid back, will be like, listen, hey, listen, asshole. <laughs> like, I'll get to a yeah. point where he's pissed off and tell the know, guy. I don't know, Joe, he will also just shut down sometimes. No, like, well, dude, the only time I've ever seen Joe really shut down was at that time that we were in Portland and uh, this big, this dude that I played, I don't want to segment into 8th edition real quick, but like, this dude... So talk I, about favorite game for just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> This dude I played round one who kept like trying to talk to me about being from like thinking that I was from Boston because of a New York I apparently have a New York accent. You played Skeletti at Portland tournament. He's like, "You're from Boston, right?" I'm like, "No, dude, I'm from New York." And then like later on, he's like, "You ever been to Fenway Field?" I was like, "Fuck you, man!" Like, so yeah, I'm a Mets fan. Leave me alone. Um, so anyway. That dude, like, walked past Joe's table, and this guy had an enormous gut, like, enormous, massive, oh, and he's, he hit Joe's Terrorgeist and knocked it off the table with his giant-ass gut, <laughs> and then, like, the Terrorgeist exploded, but he just kept walking, and Joe was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, 
it was so mad like he looked like he was gonna fucking i thought he was gonna pull a gun out you know what i mean it got to the point where i had to go to the to and talk to the to for joe i was like yo this guy just fucking ruined my boy's day and like didn't say anything just took him out of the game like it cost joe the tournament like because joe oh was like God. winning that game and then after that he just didn't care anymore you know what i mean right right and uh yeah so he lost that tournament because he lost that one game yep so yeah that makes that makes sense and that's yeah so anyway back to my game i ended up losing um it wasn't terribly close but i made him like kill everyone in my models and take every objective point like i'm look i'm gonna get my ride out of this game so we're, we're just gonna go yeah uh, and like I, I had a really good time. The way the the sports voting worked, you give someone a, a one to four, and I I gave him a three because I really had fun and like he was a really likable guy. Um, to me, like if he hadn't been like a nice guy, I probably would have given him a two. And like if he was an asshole and cheating, I would have given him a one. It's sort of how I thought about it. Like he only out of out of the three parts of the game that are important, like how you play, how you act, and I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. So I probably, I might have been a little soft on him and give him a three instead of a two. But I, I enjoyed our game. It was just not the game I wish I ended the tournament on. Yeah, agreed. Um, that's why I feel like it's important some for tournaments to really think about their sports section. And, like, sometimes it's better just to ask a question, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have, like, a five-question survey for your opponent, like, it's a little bit better because that's your one to five. Like, was your opponent on time? That's a one. Yes, that's one point. Yeah. Did your opponent know Did- and communicate his rules in a in a, um, a manner that was intelligible? Boom. Yep. That's that's a point. So yep. then, was this was guy... And then, clean and, and then, like, with their yeah. dice. And then the last one could be, like, were they a dick? Yeah, or, like, would you play them again? Boom. Done. Easy. Yeah. And so, like, that was... That was also, like, I thought about it really hard about if I wanted to give him a two or a three. And at the end of the day, the only thing he really did was the withholding. Was cheat. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) He didn't want to actually play Age of Sigmar. So I actually played five games of Age of Sigmar and one made-up game where we played by different rules. Yeah, and I think it's terrible that you had to play a steampunk person. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I'll tell you what, I didn't play a steampunk person because dwarves are not people and steampunkers are not people. There you go. I'm with you. All right. So anyway, um, <clears throat> end of the day rolls around. I asked, I was like, I go to Chuck, the, the TO. I was like, hey, where's our, um, where do we vote for best sports? Like, oh, I'm actually not doing best sports. Or I'm not, I'm not doing, you don't vote for best sports. We're taking everyone who got perfect sports and I'm reading all the comments that people wrote about them. Because there was a comment section that said, please fill in, please explain why you gave uh, a one or a four to anybody. He's like, and I'm going to use those to figure out who the best sport was. Oh so, God, that's terrible. And so I sat there and was like, I, that has a lot of room to be improved just because there's so much bias going on, right? Like somebody who knows Chuck and maybe gave him some whiskey at the end of day two of day one of the tournament and like has a reputation for, for getting best sports, like is going to have an inherent <laughs> advantage. <laughs> Uh, so I won best sports. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you fucking would, you son of a bitch. So you did. You won best sports. I won best sports, oh and I'm like, God. I'm really thankful because I had I had five really good games <laughs> and one really fun game of not Age of Sigmar. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> this whole time I was thinking, damn, Jacob didn't even get a sports award. He said he got no best best sports votes. That's great. So if I could give a best sport, it would have been to to Neil 
with the dragons because we just had a slobber knocker and i would i would drive out to ohio to play with that guy he's trying to get more of a scene going up in the cleveland area right now their biggest tournament is like a 30 man so once he gets that moving a little bit more i'll probably try to go up especially once what, Joe moves what, there. what time of the year is that uh, i think he's trying to do uh two a year so every every six months they'll do one i mean ohio isn't that far for me of a drive no, it's like eight hours so yeah it's an eight hour drive for me too and maybe if we do it <laughs> during like June, I can go watch the Warriors play. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go to a bar in Cleveland and watch the Warriors play. Because Lord knows they won't be playing Cleveland. Yeah, that's true. I was gonna say. And yeah. we just lost all of our Ohio listeners. <laughs> well, it's not it's not their <laughs> fault. LeBron left. Or is it? Maybe I don't know. I well, would love for I would love for Joe to actually feel guilt about LeBron leaving. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't believe it. We didn't treat him good enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's great um we didn't get him a statue yet i was gonna say like if you want to watch the warriors play on a, at an east coast stadium it's probably gonna be in philadelphia or 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 boston yeah both those teams look real good anyway back to our nba slash local <laughs> politics podcast <laughs> yeah uh, there's an ordinance going up about uh noise levels in in nashville <laughs> I mean, it's a new city. They're building all over the place. Why are they going to complain about the noise of construction? It's the noise of change. It's the noise of progress. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, I ended up finishing 3-3 three and three and got best sports. I got max on paint, I think, because of my conversions and also because some of the parts that look white and unfinished on my army, it kind of looks like that's intentional. Oh, that's good. Uh, so I cheated my way to to max paint also and i ended up 27th or 28th out of uh out of 85 the winner was david fields who actually won nashcon also best tournament in the continental united states i'm not counting hawaii because i'm sure their tournaments are dope but yeah so he won uh with a four bloodthirsters council of blood list okay best death was a guy named william sohail who i played at a like a real small chattanooga tournament um, we had a good time. That was like right when AOS 2 dropped. He's a nice guy. Uh, he was playing the Gash, obviously, and like all the toys that no one wants to play against. Um, best destruction was Joe Urban. He took Gut Busters and a Bone Grinder Giant. I love that giant. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's so huge. dope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was catching everybody off guard. No one knew what to do against him. And he just like <laughs> runs his iron guts up and kills everything. Or the, the giant stuffs things in his pants and like walks away. <laughs> I love it. I love the conversion he did with that. It just looks so good. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, check him out on Twitter if you want to. If you want to see, it's I think it's Sleeping Yeti eighty four. Yeah, actually, see, I, he told me he's thinking about adding another too. bone grinder to that list. <laughs> I love that. I love that. He said he's, I don't think he did really well. He went five and one. Yeah, he's texting me about it. But um, what's dope about that bone grinder is that he's like, ah, oh, the second one I got to reposition, so I might have to just go to like uh, a store and buy an action figure and cut his hands off and <laughs> to, to give him a different position than the other one. Which is pretty awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who won best chaos because I didn't know the guy, and I don't know who won best uh, best oryx. I don't think I knew the guy there either. So I apologize. Who won not- best paint? Uh, best paint was Oscar Lars. Have you, uh, he's on Twitter also, Oscar Lars Knudsen. He actually does commission painting. He had a ridiculously immaculate Stormcast army. Like oh, everything awesome. was non-metallics, black up to white for the silvers. Oh, Jesus, and yeah, it was gorgeous. And I know that I know that Martin Orlando and Tony were also up there in the uh, in the rankings. But 
He Martin, ultimately pulled it out, and the, he deserved it. The video of Martin's display board was pretty fucking awesome. That whole... It's great. Yeah, the craftsmanship and time he puts into that army is incredible. You know he hand does every single brick that he puts on a base or on the display board? Yeah, I know a lot of guys on the East Coast that do that. They're like, yeah, I put all the I cool all the bricks on. I'm like, that sounds like you have too much time on your hand. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm going to spend all my hobby energy and time in a different way. I won't do that. But yeah. it's cool they do it. I'll just buy a phone, like a green stuff roller. Looking good, man. I love your, I love your, your purples there. Sorry, Joe. So for those of you who are not on our two-person <laughs> Skype, he's showing me the realm gate that he's working on. Yeah, it looks good. I like it. So All right, so that was my Nova. Um, had a great time. Brought home like $400 worth of product. Cause uh, what they, did you buy? I, I didn't buy anything. Oh, that's they gave all you so want? Much shit. Yeah. I got a war shrine. I got one of the, the start painting boxes. I got a creature caster um, spider demon, which is going to be my second keeper of secrets because now I have two of those because I kickstarted way back in the day. I got a nice brush. I got two trophies, one like that's like a plaque from Nova and one of the GW hammers. Oh, that's awesome. And, then, and I got um, a KR carrying case that I couldn't bring home and Anthony's going to mail me when he gets home. <laughs> That's I literally awesome. couldn't fit all the stuff that I won. That's great. It's a big bag, and like they, they took my picture and they made me like put a caption that's going to go on the website. Also, I didn't know this. Nova is a huge uh, charity foundation. Oh, all really? of the prize support comes from donations, and all the donations go to uh, breast cancer research because the guy who who started it, his mom is a breast cancer survivor. That's awesome. Um, and none of the people who work there make any money. They're all volunteers, and it's a like they had three thousand people. Registered wow. and playing in the con. So, so I know, I know, like, so, I know my buddy Giselle, he won best painted in the bolt action tournament. I don't know how many people were there playing that, but it just seemed how many people were playing 40K is my question. Was it big? I mean, it was big. Yeah. They had their, they had a giant hall that was just theirs. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm sad I missed it, but at the same time, I'll probably be there next year. Awesome. Yeah. Just so. skip your first kid's birthday. Well, your first kid's first birthday. She's not here yet, so we're good. We're in the clear. Skip your first kids two weeks before first birthday. Yep. I'm going to be doing Father that of the Year. Father of the Year. There you go. <laughs> so but anyway, it was a great time. I think if I went back, I might play in the narrative event because that seemed like a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I would give it, let's see, if I was going to give it a rating, I would give it six and a half out of eight skulls. <laughs> I love that you never give like... All of your fucking reviews are never like at a five or ten. It's like at a seven and a half. It's got to be. It's got to be eight skulls for for corn. Is that how it works? Uh, no. But if you reduce, you yeah. know, if you reduce no, that yeah. fraction, that's only like three and a quarter out of four, right? Uh, no. Well, you divide them both by two, you get three point seven five. Nope, three point two five out of four. Yeah. The fraction doesn't reduce. Actually, the simplest version <laughs> of that fraction is thirteen. No, it's not thirteen out of twenty. Fuck, what is it? Uh, it's 13 out of 16. 13 out of 16. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Aren't you, aren't you looking forward to this math section? That was so difficult for me. Oh, uh, that's good. into the numbers later. I'm excited. Maybe we can have Margo on the show because she's still currently teaching math. She is not. She's trying to get a job uh, running summer programs full-time. How do you run summer programs full-time? Uh, she'll be uh, like a regional manager or assistant to the regional manager. She'll be doing all the hiring for the uh, <laughs> for all the sites. 
and then overseeing them when the summer is actually going. So she just flies all over the place checking up on people? She will be, and I'll be spending no time doing hobby when she's gone, and when she gets back, it's going to motivate me to do a lot of hobby. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like that. I like that. All right, so um, I just talked a lot about games I've played. Do you want to you get into yours, and we'll take a quick break? Yeah. Why don't we just take a break now? I'll get a drink. So we'll be right back, and we'll be talking about the games that Joe played, and then getting into our other two sections, followed by our interview with Tony. And we are back. Welcome back to the show. I am your assistant co-guest producer, Jacob, and I'm joined again by Joseph Pagano. Hey, Joe. Hi. <laughs> Talk to me about the games you've been playing, because I know you've actually played your first two games of Age of Sigmar. Yeah, um, I felt pretty confident about it, playing. Uh, the two dudes I played, um, especially the first dude I played is a guy named Jake, uh, if I got that wrong, Jake, and I keep calling you Jake, I'm sorry, Jake. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my name's you. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, he's a cool dude. He was playing Sylvaneth. Um, he was playing very competitively. Um, just deployed in some ways that like he was thinking ahead, which was nice. It's kind of nice mm-hmm. to play somebody who's going to play like that because you kind of get to feel for what like mid tables will be like in. A tournament setting, yeah. Uh, and he had a spirited Durthu, a tree lord ancient. He was playing the null root with the household, but he didn't take a lore master. And even I know that list, so I was like, "You sure you don't want a lore master?" And he's like, kind of like probably just had like, "Shut up, new guy!" Like, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> well, guess what? New guy knows something because turn one, <laughs> he sent that spirited Durthu into a group of thirty to Marty. And Durthu, Durthu whiffed, and then 14 to Marty managed to get in on him, and they killed the fuck out of Durthu. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Turn one. one damage, too. That'll do it. Yeah. It was pretty nasty. So, um, you know, he forgot rules. I don't know my rules that well, but mainly he he, he was kind of new to playing his Sylvaneth. Like, it's a new mm-hmm. army for him. Mm-hmm. So he forgot some re-rolls that he could have had. So that, that was, like, totally... I don't think that would ever happen again. I don't think Durthu would just get killed outright like that. But him whiffing is a definite possibility. Yeah. And then... That's uh, the problem with those those high wound output models that have very few attacks. Oh, yeah. Like, especially when you're, like, he's paying the points. Like, this dude was paying the points to be able to fit a lore master into his list. Mm-hmm. And he just, he was like, yeah, but I don't need that. And it's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm an, I like insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And to be, to know that you're going to be able to have Durthu. Like, it doesn't mean that you're going to cast 
the spell. You know what I mean? Like it's not definite, right. but the chances are you want Durthu to be able to put out eighteen wounds and not just whiff. And that's what he, he just straight up fucking whiffed. That's rough, but you know maybe he learned his lesson and built his list better. So it sounds like you you took a big win on that one, Joe, because you took out Spirit Durthu turn one and you're playing up at least like five hundred points at that point, right? Yeah, that's not how it went down because I kind of, <laughs> I, I'm like I said, I'm still kind of learning the best way to play Age right. of Sigmar, um, which involves reading the rule books. So I learn how to read is up there on the priority list. Um, so I deployed very center of the board mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of spreading out. So he was able to just like pop his Tree Lord Ancient onto my objective right away. So yep. I, ha- I had to, like, double back and kill him, which I did. The turtle bit his face off. Nice. Um, but then by then he just had enough points, and he had castled. He had placed his um, his branch witch in the center of a bunch of dryads in a circle. And, they right. were, and then he had another line of dryads around that. So he just made it where I had to, like, I couldn't fit my eels in those mm-hmm. spaces. So I couldn't, like, I couldn't hop over them. You know what I mean? Like, I had to hit the first one, and then I was just like, there's no way I'm going to get through all this and with the turns that were left. You know what I mean? Sure. There was no way I could get to that, that objective and score it. Definitely. So, um, but we did have a good time. I uh, I fought a bunch of Kurnoth Hunters. How'd that go? Um, I ended up killing all but one, and there were six, and they were in woods. Wow. Yeah. So I did kill, I, I fucked them up. But then Is that the charge with your Morsar guard. Yeah, I think it was all but one. I can't remember, but I do remember is that he killed Volturnus because Volturnus uh, just kind of whiffed. He yeah. whiffed. He whiffed. He whiffed. That's was this, all. Was this before he got to use his command ability to just like beef up all your stuff? There wasn't much left to beef uh, up because that list, the list I was playing is not my normal list right because I don't have right. I don't have the other unit 30 Namardi so the Namardi mm-hmm. were ground down and also that list I don't have any built in coming with command ability point, points yeah, yeah. command points and yeah. then not having my command points I had to spend one that I earned on an inspiring presence so by turn 3 I only had like 2 banked up sure so uh, on the overall I think I want to talk about this a little bit later, but I think that it's almost a better option to save the 40 points you're going to spend on Volturnus and take an Achillean King. Because I think the Achillean King actually has better damage output in combat than Volturnus. Because because he can be stronger on the charge? He has a bunch more attacks. Okay. Interesting. But don't you... Man, I really think that Volturnus' ability to just beef up the whole army... Turn three but can turn, be a backbreaker, right? So also by turn three, I feel like I'm gonna. I don't know. I need to play more of the game, but I'm just saying when I'm looking at it right now, it actually mm-hmm. seems like an Achillean King isn't a bad idea. Okay. Because realistically, when you're playing Deepkin, you're if you're playing it a little bit like the way I'm planning on playing it, like you're going to be sacrificing a unit in the early turn to keep a unit strong for a turn three. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you have like I have a unit of thirty to Marty, if I hit the if I hit it right, I could probably hit two units with that many to Marty in turn three, hit them with the fucking crazy shit. Yep. So with Lord of Tides. Yep. Drop maybe three on them, 
that's the one unit I want to do it. Yeah, that's fair. And if you if you find yourself wanting to save one for somebody else, you can. It's just that the fact that if in my games I found like I'm not perfect with my movement yet, so I'm not gonna and always be in the position to use like my soul renders the way I want to use them and all that. So I have to sometimes use an inspiring presence. And when yeah. the way that list is built at, um, at like two thousand on the money, I have no. I'm not getting any command points. Any okay. command points, and yeah. I have no battalions because Ideneth are not built in a way that the battalions make sense to me. Right, right. I got you. I got you. Outside of the the Royal Council, it's just too much. You have to buy too much shit. Yeah, it, and I, I'm looking at the other new books, and like I find myself jealous because for some reason. Ideneth did not get the treatment for battalions like the other like the other books it's like two units of the two units of one thing and this and it's like wow yeah. that's so easy to get to but when you're playing Ideneth it's like three units of reavers two units of thralls and a shark it's like that's a lot <laughs> and where does that shark fit into this yeah no, no I get you um I think that Battalions are strong if you can do very few units in them and just get good utility out of them, or if you can get everything into them. But it's those weird ones in the middle where it's probably two thirds of your army, but you're not going to get everything in it that you're you're sort of struggling, especially if it, it has a couple taxes like a shark or. Yeah, I just feel like all the Ideneth ones besides Royal Council has a tax. Mm-hmm. Like especially because I feel like Reavers are a point sink. Yeah. I see a place for them for holding objectives, and they're if if this night haunt meta becomes a big thing, then they'll be super useful because they're putting out a lot of attacks, even though they're no rend. You don't care, so that's that's got some value to it. But your your point is well taken that they just don't fit with the internal balance of the rest of the book, really, and they don't really fit the playstyle of the book. Yeah, because they move they move very fast, which is nice, but then. Anything else that can do anything besides the eels, right? Mm-hmm. They're outrunning. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, they actually they fight R too. They're not they're not nearly as good as as thralls, but they they fight pretty decent. Well, the thing is, is that they're the same points as thralls. Exactly. So, so I'm going to take thralls over that. Yep. They're they're a bad choice by comparison. All right. So what was your second game, Mike? I played Luke Snell, our buddy. Um, he was playing as Skaven in preparation for the narrative event at uh, Nova. Yep. And that was really fun. Um, we found out that Volturnus and a Turtle kills uh, three... Everything? Yeah. <laughs> I sent it against three um, Storm Fiends and just killed them. And then 30 Namardi kill three Storm Fiends really well, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So and, you lost this one also? No, I, I won, but <laughs> I, I like I'm not. I don't really know the way Age of Sigmar works exactly for shit. Oh, I want to point something out about my first game. I hit my opponent with the freezing mist spell on his Kurnoth hunters. Yep. Because I wanted to throw Volturnus in by himself, hit one, then he can't even get another one in the combat because the way they were set up. Right. So then he's like, oh, I get to re-roll ones on my attacks now because you have the spell on me. And I'm like, no. Like, you have to declare that thing that the fucking Kurnoth Hunters use, dude. Right. So um, 
like there are things in this game that like people like I I didn't want to be a dick about it, dude. It was my first game, but like I right. felt like And it's not like you were even playing a tournament. You just went to play a couple games at the at the store, right? Yeah, but like at the same time it's like like don't you have to declare that? Like and then that's not fair to use a spell I cast against me now. You know what I mean? Like that's like Well, I think I think him making that choice would have been very smart for him to basically negate the effect of your spell with his with the thing he has to declare, like the, the putting in roots or whatever. But if yeah. he didn't declare that, then you don't get the benefit of the rule. It says you may choose to do this, and if he doesn't say it, bitch, you didn't choose it. Yeah, so like, I don't know, I just something I, I want I have to keep in my mind for when I do fight a Sylvanath player or play a Sylvanath mm-hmm. player in an event or something or in the future because yep. that's going to obviously if I cast Freezing Mist, which I, I will definitely do on a unit that has a damage output like they do yep, and then try and hit one of them in a place where they can't send over more help Yep. but uh yeah anyway so that was just weird So, and then in my game against Luke there was a, a moment where I didn't really understand that the objective had changed hands because I didn't, I don't really understand how the objective changes hands in this scenario. Okay. okay. And it almost like, I feel like if it would have cost me the game, it would have left me feeling a little sour. So, sure. um, it didn't cost me the game. I managed, I got a win on that. But at the same time, like, I need to be a better. I need to take better aware. I need. Wow, I'm having a fucking stroke. <laughs> I need to have better. I need to have better awareness of how things like that are going to happen in the game. So it yeah. doesn't cuz if when there's like a gotcha when there's like a gotcha moment in a game, it makes me dislike the game. Which Absolutely. Is, so, I know you just talked about your gotcha moments in your la- in your last game yeah. of the the event, but you know, what I mean like I need to I feel like when I play a game, I go, "Now this happened. Like I'm going to move my unit here and take that objective from you." But yep. it, but if because it's not everything is inherently obvious to your opponent, right? Right. So I always declare intent. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that that's that's the important thing. It's just like, oh, it turns out my model was two and a half inches away from you. My intent was three inches. I said he's three inches away. I'm not going to roll snake eyes and be like, I made the charge because you didn't call me on being too close out of legal like legal position. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear you. I think I think the more you communicate on the front end the less space there is to be butthurt or cry foul later on. Yeah, because, like, some people are okay with certain things that go on until they realize, like, oh, bad, wait, that's really bad for me. Right. And they're like, well, you did this. And it's like, well, my intent was this. You know what I mean? Like, if you always say your intent... You didn't say your intent, it does not matter. Yeah. I don't care what you thought. I care what you told me you were expressly thinking. Yeah. It's my intent Yeah. to do this. You know, it's my intent to leave this guy three inches away from your model. There you go. That's the easiest way to do it. And, yep, and that's why we left Malifo because it's just full of gotcha moments. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right, so let's get into what's next on our list. Oh. All right, so we talked about my games. Oh, um, we got some questions. We got some user feedback. And again, if you want to be on our next episode with some dumb or relevant questions, you can... Find us on Twitter at of Sigmar Podcast, or you can email us at rageofsigmarpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want, you can text Jacob after he gets off. I'll just give everyone his phone number. 
So I'm gonna have so many friends. Yeah. It's gonna be two people texting me, what size are your cups? I was like, Hey, I'm a dude, I don't wear a bra. <laughs> really? Really, Jacob? You put on some weight. All right, so uh, our first set of questions comes from one Michael Hengel. Joe, you want to read those questions off? All right. So Mike asked three questions. He said, one, what is your favorite night haunt uh, unit slash model and why? Joe, talk to me about that. Where are you at on that? All right. Um, I'm going to say my favorite model. I usually, when I pick armies and shit for this game, I never look at rules first, and that's why I never do well. So I go by what model looks to be dope. Fair, to be fair, once you're playing the army, you still don't really look at the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good point. But I'm going to say um, Rykenor, the Grimhaler, is my favorite model for uh, Nighthaunt. And uh, I'm going to go over he's why. The, he's the guy who's on the on the like dead Pegasus, right? Yeah, he's on the dead Pegasus. So I like him because he fits in well in a pretty sweet battalion that I like. So I'm going to double back to that after I talk about his specials. Sure. I like that he is a uh, he's fast, he flies, ethereal of course cuz he's fucking, you know, night haunt. Yep. I like that in his hero phase he can snuff out candles and can just cause an enemy unit to take one mortal wound and he gets plus 1 to his cast. <laughs> or yeah, he, that's dope. Or he could take a mortal wound and he gets plus 3. Yeah. Which um, is huge. Yeah. Plus 3 is a lot. Yeah, it's pretty fucking sick. Um and then Mod- unmodified sixes t- to hit in combat with his fell reaper causes just two mortal wounds, which is dope. And he gets to reroll failed hit attacks if there's five or more models in the unit he's fighting. So it's just like the Karen rates and the other guys with the the sights, right? It seems yeah. like a good, like a common sight rule. It's like reap them like corn, and you yeah. just you get to reroll against lots of guys. That, that's what it's called. It's called reap like corn. Reap them, reap them like corn. Reap, yeah, but it's spelled K H O R N E. Oh, man. I thought you were going to make a backwards K-O-R-N joke. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, boom, doctor, um, nah, money, ma- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time we were in Anthony's car and I sang all of Limp Biscuits break stuff <laughs> and Scaletti just looked like he was going to jump out of the car? First of all, it was Nookie, and second of all... Oh, was I, it? It was, because yeah, I was yelling... I remember Nookie. going, yeah! Turn it off for the Nookie! Oh god, that's great. Um, so anyway, and Reichnor's got that uh, Reichenor, Reichenor. He's got the spell Wraithstorm. It's cast on a seven, so it's going to be like a three or a six at all times. Uh, it just causes D three mortal wounds, but if it kills anybody, it just immediately does another D three mortal wounds. So you're just that's using that against infantry. It's popping a couple guys. Yeah, I like him, and his points isn't too crazy, which is nice too. What's he cost? Um, flipping to that right now. He is running a buck eighty. That's pretty good for seven wounds ethereal. Yeah, um, and then going back, uh, if I go back up to this battalion that he fits in, mm-hmm. which is called, sorry, this makes for great radio. Um, it's like that time you walked away to find your book, and we just <laughs> left it recording. Yeah, several people have come to me and like, "Hey, your first episode was great." Man, Joe needed to get his book earlier because he was just saying rules wrong left and right. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Who said that? What rules were they saying wrong? Fuck you. Uh, I think you got a lot of them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Fuck you guys. I don't play this game. <laughs> yeah. I just buy the products. All right. Sick. <laughs> I can't wait to read this battalion wrong just to fuck with those people. So, so Wood Wargrove. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is called a Shroud's Guard. Shroud Guard. 
and it's one Knight of Shrouds or the or Rikonor, the Grim Hailer, and mm-hmm. some Bladegrass Revenants. There's two of them. And uh, what it does is it makes them all invincible. No one can kill them. <laughs> and if they're on the board, they claim all objectives. Fuck you. Suck my dick. Don't fucking rules judge me. Hey, right. hey. What is dead may never die. So it <laughs> yeah. fits with, yeah. the, with the lore, if <laughs> yeah. you think about it. All right. What it actually does is um, it just makes them, they you know, they have the mortal wound protection. Yep. It makes it on a five up if they're within 12 of Rikonor. So... Then they have a, a four up that doesn't get changed, and a five up mortal wound and regular wound protection. So that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, I like it. It's what it is. Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's how I feel about this army that I don't play and I've never played against, and just read their rules once. Definitely. So I also picked two: one character and one unit. I really like the Lord Executioner from the Soul Wars box. Oh, yeah, the way the sick. model's designed, he's like floating on a wisp that's coming off of his axe. And the model takes up so much vertical space, but takes up very little like table space, which is super cool. And the like the balance is so finely done, and it, it actually is one of the few models that I think actually looks like it's um, floating with the design, as opposed to a lot of the stuff where there's like a tassel coming off of the tail that connects to a piece of ruin for like the canary harpies, for example. It looks really cool, but it doesn't actually create an image of floating or flying to me. This guy is one of the few ones that does that. That's cool. Uh, and he's also really good in combat. He can, when he's in combat, he can pick a enemy hero, make the minus one to hit. He has a native five up uh, ignorables save, in That's addition to the one that all death has. And he's got a four up unmodifiable, so it's like a four up, five up, six up. That's pretty which good. Which is pretty great. Uh, people like to put items on him because he's not a special character and he's survivable. And so he like isn't gonna die, and you'll you'll get the buffs from that item for longer. Uh, and he has a cool thing where he does on like I think it's a six to hit or a six to wound. I don't remember which one. He he adds two to the damage of his axe, so the one damage axe becomes damage three or something crazy like that. Oh, that's pretty good. So he's powerful. Um, I don't think he's like super competitive, but he he's like a good piece if you want to have some synergy. Or like have an item that buffs the rest of your army. He's gonna sit there and not die. That's dope. So he's cool. And the unit I liked was the Blade Guys Revenants. The uh, they're not battle line, but oh, are they battle line? I don't think they are. They're the ones that have the swords, and they just come in and wreck stuff. They're the ones that took off my kitty cats. Really cool models. They all have the same sword as the Knight of Shrouds. Um, and they just they kill shit. So that's cool. That's awesome. All right, next question well, next, comes next oh, part, yeah, from, from Mike Hengel. We got a three-part from Hengel, so. Oh, my God. So Mike asked next was, what was the first metal band you listened to, and why did they blow your mind? And, All right, so the first one for me was Limp Biscuit, and I was in a car, and Joe was shouting the words to Nookie. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, when I really got into metal was listening to Tenacious D and a song they sang about metal, because I really didn't know the history of metal. <laughs> until until that song and i didn't learn that you know new wave tried to kill the metal <laughs> but but you know the metal was victorious and put them down punk rock tried to destroy metal i'm glad so i'm glad so, that you at least tried on this no it's a really good one i, I love metal <laughs> it's really good and pick a destiny is a top five movie of all time i'm glad that you love tenacious d this much mm, i love all the you know, Tenacious D is also good. All right, so I, I'm going to assume that he directed the question at me because I listen to metal. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
to to try and figure out what the first metal record I listened to when I was a kid would be hard because my old man listens to a lot of like Black Sabbath and Ozzy and Dio and Maiden and all this stuff. So I kind of grew what is, up. What does Dio stand for? That's uh, Ronnie James Dio's last name. Oh, oh, Dio. I thought it was like the letters D-O. No, no, D-O. Like, <laughs> okay. D-I-O. Um, I know a lot about metal. Yeah, um, there's copper, there's aluminum. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, for me, like, the first metal record, like, that I listened to probably doesn't stand out in memory. Like, I had Kill 'Em All. I, I had, I remember getting Ride of Lightning, and I remember listening to, like, a lot of, like, Injustice for All in those times. Like a lot of Metallica, um, but were those all Metallica songs? Those are all Metallica records. Okay, um, <laughs> but I would say the album that like changed my life and changed my perspective on like what I wanted to listen to and the type of music I wanted to play when I was playing music is um, I was in like eighth grade and I listened to like a lot of like like dad metal, you know, like I listen to Godsmack and like, I have like all like de- like Deftones t-shirts. I listen to Hoobastank. corn. Yeah. No, not who was that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I hate you. Um, <laughs> but like, so there's this dude in ninth grade and like, it's so funny. Cause when you're in eighth grade, like the, a ninth grader seems like infinitely older and more wise than you, you know, it's so much more life experience. And he was like, yo dude, like stop listening to Slipknot. That music sucks here's a CD and he gave me Cryptopsy's None So Vile and I was like immediately into it because like the album art is like like a Victorian painting but it's like Mary Magdalene holding Jesus's head on a plate <laughs> like oh so fucking death metal and like so I like I put that record on and like and to this day if I'm listening to that record I like it mm-hmm. and that's that's when I how I gauge a record being right. good is like if it's replayability. Like I can, I listen right. to None So Vile to this day. I've been listening to it since I'm 14 years old. I'm 30. You know what I mean? Like this is, this record is still good. It's still entertaining. So you're saying, right. Gotcha. Even though you've progressed in what you listen to and what you like, it still stands up against the test of time. Yeah. It's still impressive. It's mm-hmm. heavy. It's heavy as hell. I'm not even going to put it on the podcast. I would say 90% of you would not like it unless you're into some heavy, technical french canadian death metal like that's, <laughs> that's that's what you're gonna do funny story about cryptopsy is when i was a teenager i saw cryptopsy live in manhattan and me and my buddy steve had stuck backstage and we were hanging out with this lady and she had like a weird accent and like i remember like i grubbed a cigarette off of her i still smoke back then i had she had like one of those 120s like ultra thin cigarettes and did it come both... with like the little thing to hold it with <laughs> yeah i felt like but anyway <laughs> i'm like talking to her for a while and she said something about being from iceland it was fucking bjork <laughs> No, it was not. It was fucking Bjork was backstage at a Cryptopsy concert You're in telling, Manhattan. <laughs> I guarantee you this story is entirely fake, and you dreamed this one time, and you think it no, happened. It happened, dude. I met Bjork. <laughs> and you bummed the stick she, she was like, I trust. I have to pee on you. Shower me. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> no, like, I... <laughs> it was... <laughs> Yeah, so that's my Bjork story. And yeah, so if you're going to listen, if you want to listen to some crazy death metal that changed this one person that you don't know who you're listening to their podcast life. Listen to Bjork. Listen to um, Cryptopsies, None So Vile, Whisper Supremacy is another great record by them. They're a very good band if you like that kind of music. Now, um, I always feel like when I think about that time in my life, I have to mention another album 
because this is the album that like defined everything I wanted to do about music and everything I wanted to be and playing music, the band I wanted to emulate, and a band that's actually inspired a couple Warhammer armies for me. And this band's called the Black Dahlia Murder, and the album's called Unhollowed. And they have a song on that record. It's like the first song called Funeral Thirst, and it's been like my idea for a undead Vampire Counts army forever so it yeah that's gonna be my next project is i'm actually gonna do my funeral thirst uh nice with the with the feck with the yeah, flesh, eater courts? flesh eater courts yeah there's a whole that's song awesome. that song's all about like waking up in your casket and not knowing why you're in a, a reanimated corpse and then like holy crap yeah like wandering around eating human flesh and like it's pretty dope i'm actually gonna probably and put i'll probably put that thinking, on, the, on the episode <laughs> thinking you're a stormcast and just thinking you're a stormcast eternal <laughs> that's brilliant man I'm sort of surprised you didn't talk about Gangster Host or shortened for G Host. Oh, I like that. Um, Ghost is another band I like. Wow, this is weird. Anyway, and then the third question from um, Hendel <laughs> <My> was: <laughs> was should he go to PACA? And that is always an absolutely, Dad. If you're gonna go to an event <laughs> and get and get ridiculously drunk, the answer is never no. Your kid. And that you're, I'm not even talking about. Yeah, I'm not even talking about your adopted children, which is all of us. I mean, like your real son. He's in college now, so as long as you're not worried that Betty is going to be just spending money while you're not home, because no one's there. Like if she's by herself, she's just she's just buying shit money when he is home. But yeah, I mean, like you're fuck it, dude. Just go to Paca and get drunk, and maybe maybe one of us will meet you there. If they're playing Age of Sigmar, we'll try to get there. Here's right? the thing. Here's the thing. My answer is completely different. My answer is no, because it's possibly the same weekend as LVO, and I'm definitely going to LVO this year. I have never been to LVO. I've never been to Las Vegas, and I want all of you fuckers there with me when I go there for the first time. I thought PACA's in January. I thought it was end of January, and I think so is... No, LVO is in February. You should register for that, because I'm registered already. Mm, And we're playing in a team tournament, right? Yeah. I should register. Yeah, I think you should. Good talk. All right, well then, in that case, yeah, I guess you can go to Packer as long as you're also coming to LVO. Yeah, I mean, also for Angel to do both, I don't see why it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a short, no, you're right. It's a short flight from the Bay to Vegas, and some of them will have a room we could put them in. You could stay with us. Definitely, definitely. He can be my big spoon any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, that's good. Or little spoon, I don't mind. All right, so that's all three of Mike Hendel's questions. Again, if you want to get your questions answered, you can send them in. We've got a couple more. Real quick, we're going to fire him off. Adam Trunzo writes, if there was a hot dog eating contest in the mortal realms, who would be your top three and then who would win? Joe, I want to hear your thoughts on this because I have some very specific thoughts and I want to tear yours apart once you answer. So my my winner is like I've noticed from watching a lot of the nation hot dog eating contest, it's usually someone that's not like a big, fat, slobbery dude that mm-hmm. wins. It's someone dainty and small. It's Marathi. She takes the cake. She Why? wins. Wow. One, she's been sucking mad hot dogs for a very <laughs> long time. All right. So she uh, had all those hot dog parties back in the day, pre-end okay. times. And she's got she's got snakes on her head, and they can contribute also. They can just suck them down. Yep. So that's my money. My money's on Marafi. My, my second place is going to go to just some random ogre butcher. It just makes sense. It does. That's true. And who rounds out your top three? My my number three is probably just like some random. I think it's gonna be Johan, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I just why not? That guy looks hungry. 
<laughs> hungry for running away. Yeah, fuck him. Cool. All he right, burns a so lot of calories fleeing. It's true. He never stops running. His cardio must be amazing. Yeah. All right, so I thought about this from a different perspective of it's not about who can actually eat the most because they all, like, everyone has, like, a giant mouth or has a giant stomach or something like that. What's going to be the limiting factor is how quickly they can shovel them into their face. Okay. So my third place is going to be Slimesh because I think Slimesh is also up there with your answer about Marathi is just the ability to, like, swallow wieners super quickly <laughs> in, like, mass quantities. It's got to be Slimesh. Got to be at least a top three contender. So the god, the god Slanesh, like, is competing against mortals in a hot dog eating contest. the mortal realm. No, that's where he's been. That's why he's been missing, right? <laughs> he's just he, been at... He's just he been had at, one... <laughs> he had this hot dog eating contest, feeling super bloated, ended up purging and puking out a lot of the elves that he ate the day before. I was going to say, like, he went to, like, on a hot dog tour. So he went to, like, Chicago, New Jersey, like, all the places that are famous for hot dogs. Seattle. Yep, Definitely. Seattle's uh, famous for hot dogs? Yeah. They they do like a cream cheese and jalapeno hot dog, which is really good. Wow. I know, you'd be surprised, but it's actually really good. No. All right, so in second place, I have Rodigus, the great unclean one character. Yeah. Because not does he have a mouth, a giant mouth that like can spew out maggots, and the maggots can all eat the, the hot dogs. But he has a mouth on his arm, and he has a mouth on his stomach. So he's got three mouths and these tentacles <laughs> that can just be shoving all of the, the wieners into him. I think he would be a strong contender. However, my answer for number one in the mortal realms is going to be Charybdis. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a oh. big... They don't have to be big and fat. They have to be fast and be able to eat their weight at least. And with, what, like six, eight heads? Just like pecking <laughs> down and taking out a bite of hot dog every time? I think that Charybdis is the way to go. I think that's my winner. Oh, wow, that's a good point. Yeah, the Charybdis would... I, I mean, it would... The War Hydra is possible, but Charybdis definitely has more mouth and more teeth. Yeah, exactly. So they can just sort of grind it out. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to me that we both answered something that is Dark Elves. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good point. Yeah, so, I guess Dark Elves are, are the, the wiener winners for today. Thanks for your question, Adam. Uh, also, y'all should everyone should follow Adam on Twitter because he has an incredible display board. I was telling you about it off the air. This, uh, this lizard man like, oh, yeah. walking inside of a mountain. He's got all these this really great ruin setup and there's a waterfall that he did with epoxy it's it's really amazing all right and our last set of questions comes from jacob burleson via twitter i had sent out a text or a tweet two days ago saying send in your questions all as of now all we have is a question from from mike hengel and i don't want to just talk about malifaux on this podcast so jacob burleson writes i have rotten bells Misfire, Nekama, and Wild Boars. Are they good, and do you want them? These are all Malifaux models for all of you who are listening and don't play Malifaux. And the answer is Rotten Bells are really good. They have an ability called a lure where they can drag your opponent across the table. It's really good. Nekama is awesome because she fights really strong, and the new model is really good. And Wild Boars, they look way better than the GW boars that the Boar Boys ride on. So I, I do want those from you, Jacob, and that's all I have to say on that. He also <laughs> did actually ask a serious question. He also asked... What are you taking to face Hammer GT, and what are your expectations? My expectations are to get really drunk with a bunch of Brits and then have to like go back to hang out with my wife and my friends' wives and like, go back to being like a reasonable human being. So I expect a lot of code switching. Uh, I was gonna say, um, <laughs> I was I'm like picturing you getting really drunk and then like throwing a bunch of tea in the harbor and like. <laughs> Like just, <laughs> this is for WW2, bitches! Yeah, yeah. 
I recently saw a really good meme of like it was a, a painting of the Boston team party, but it was like Warhammer 30k and 40k oh, players yeah. react to Forge World's pricing <laughs> in America. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. That one's really funny. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, I am taking my Stormcast again. I'm tweaking my list a little bit. I'm taking out the, the hero on Drakoff, and I'm putting in a Heralder, which is more of a support hero, uh, and probably adding five more bodies just to have a little more staying power. Um, and... I'm expecting to probably go three and three again. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll go four and two. I don't really expect that. Uh, I'll probably go two and four realistically because I've only played five, six games with this army at two thousand points, and I probably won't get any games in before going to the GT. So, should be a fun time. I'm really excited. When do you leave for that? We leave in two or uh, two weeks from this coming Wednesday. So we leave on the seventeenth. Oh wow. That's actually the 19th, and the tournament is that, that weekend right after that. And then how long are you in the UK for? So we're there three days in Manchester before the tournament, and then two days in London after the tournament. What's funny is we're going to be taking a train from uh, Manchester to London. And you know what's right in between Manchester and London? What? Nottingham. Warhammer World. Are you going to so stop? We're going to go to the tournament. Yeah, we're going to stop there and like just drop our wives off at the bar, and we're going to go geek out at all the warhammer things there. <laughs> I, I, I like that your wife is willing to be like morning, and I'm actually planning on it being a day. I think that it's it's pretty fun that your wife is agreeing to travel to Europe with you, and then let you just play Warhammer the whole time, and then you guys are going back to the states. Yep, <laughs> that, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yep, I'm hoping to do that again. Also, I actually met um, one of the guys who runs the the AOS ETC team for the US team. Oh, this nice. weekend, and if I can convince him I'm good enough at the game, which I'm not, but he won't listen to this, right? Um, maybe I'll get to, to tag along to the ETC and be their beer wench again. So when it, when is that? No yeah. idea. Okay. Probably next August or something like that. I don't really know. But yeah, um, that is my expectation and my hopes and dreams for Face Ever GT. Uh, I'm playing in a, a challenge with Mark Mitzman of of the Mitzi and Jimbo show, which is a really well-known YouTube show about Warhammer. And I'm actually making him a custom war chanter for his army. I'm going to try to paint it as close as I can to his, his paint scheme. I should be able to do the armor okay, but he has, like, his blood splatter is really realistic. So I'm probably just going to leave that off and tell him, like, you can make this match your stuff on your well, own because I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it right. Just be like, he's not blooded. He's not blooded yet. He hasn't killed Exactly. That's right, that's right. And then I hope to just take that model off. I'm like, I'm going to target that model and try to kill it right away. <laughs> so that's I like awesome. make him this nice model and then kill it. That's cool. So that's my, that's my goals and hopes for that. Uh, all right, that's all for our user, user feedback and questions from, from listeners. I'm excited to, to do more of these. And uh, after the break, we're going to be coming back with our interview with Tony Pacheco of War Scroll Builder fame. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, here's that Black Dahlia Murder song I had mentioned. I uh, play about a minute and a half clip, so if you're not in the death metal, you can skip right over it. I uh, hope you enjoy. It's Funeral Thirst. <laughs> I'm in a stupid world I'm not a twisted father 
We are back. Welcome everyone to the show. Tony M. Pacheco, also known as I Paint Little Dudes on Twitter. He is the founder of Scroll Builder. You're welcome. I'll say it for him because he's too <laughs> humble to say it. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. What is the M for? Tony M. Pacheco? Motherfucking. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it stands for. <laughs> What's actually? Uh, yeah, thanks guys for having me. No, hell yeah, dude. Like, we're going to act like we're totally not friends in real life. <laughs> oh, no, we totally are real friends. Yeah. Best I can't best. believe you admitted that. First time ever. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> yeah. I got to turn off Go my back. video. Um, so, hey, we're just going to run everyone through like a quick interview with you, Tony. So, uh, we'll get rocking and rolling on this fucking stupid shit. I'm sure we're going to break the internet because everyone just wants to know so much about that weird dude who lives in California. Ed Phillips? That's <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, so, Tony, talk to us about how you got into fantasy. Tell us about yourself. Just talk to us a little. Give us a little intro to those plebes who live under a rock and don't know who you are. Well, let me see. When did I get into fantasy? A long time. I would say when I was a little kid, like everyone did. And then after college, it got more serious. My buddy Cole, which you might, may or may not have met him, was like, dude, you got to check out this thing called Saws. It's a Warhammer tournament. And I was like, who the hell plays Warhammer in a tournament setting? Like, what is that? And I showed up, and I had, like, my mind blown. I think when you first go to a big, like, there was, like, 60 or 80 players or something like that, you just see armies like Ed Phillips and stuff like that where you're just like, dude, this army looks amazing, and I want to make that. So, um, plus, it's super fun. And I got my ass kicked, and I had, like, a half-painted army, and then it just, like, lit the fires. And that was probably, like, around 2007. And then I just pretty much have been playing Warhammer tournament scene since then. I had a brief break when uh, my son was born a couple years ago, but been just going nonstop. And I heard a rumor that when... (laughs) That right around that same time, when you basically left the hobby for a bit, you had a pretty crushing defeat in a in a small local tournament that that didn't go well, and you weren't terribly happy about it. Could you could you tell us about that? I I don't know what joke you're making. Was uh, it first time, the first ham? time I played? Was it ham? The ham? Yeah, it was a battle for the Christmas ham. You and I played our okay. probably our only game of Warhammer we've ever played against each other. Now that I think about it, that might be yep. true. Yeah. We should explain the Christmas ham, which was created by Johnny and um, Casey. I guess they used to do it back when, when they were, like, growing up. And you, the prize for this tournament was it was Christmas-themed. You had to bring... We had all kinds of funky formats, like random teams and Christmas-themed armies and all this stuff, but we basically just got really drunk and played Warhammer around Christmas time. I think the first one I went to had dressed up like a Christmas elf and was wearing <laughs> yellow, yellow tights. And like you know, like a Will Ferrell like Christmas looking elf, r- around downtown Oakland with a box full of Warhammer miniatures. So perfect. <laughs> I did not get killed. Um, <laughs> and the prize is a big ham that we all chip in, and you just get a honey baked ham. That's your winner. Now, when I was around, <laughs> no one ever ate the ham. They just put it in their freezer and brought the neck, the same ham back the next year for the next year's winner. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't know. I never won the ham, so I, I would have eaten it. Wait, but, Jacob, um, you won. Yeah. You won the ham. I thought you were a winner. Yeah, well, sometimes. 
Jacob, Thanks for coming on the show. Jacob, you, you won the ham? I thought the goal was to not win. I've never won the ham. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Jesus Jacob Christ. fell asleep underneath <laughs> or on the floor that year, as far as yeah. I know. Oh. Yeah, so my first game was against Tony, and we had a blast. And he, he like, we, I was not close in this game. He, he was whooping me. And he, like, made a charge as his Vampire Lord, because that was back when you had to charge before you did magic. And then he, he cast a spell that would have basically won him the game. And I didn't save any dice. I had two dice left to, to dispel it, and I rolled two sixes, so auto unbound it. <laughs> I ended up winning the game because of that roll. And yeah. that was also back when I think my army was painted by... I got it painted by the commission painters at Frontline. And so, like, you were not only pissed that I was playing with a commission painted army, which at the time was a big pet peeve of yours, but also that I beat you because I hit two sixes when I really didn't have. <laughs> and I was really yeah. worried our friendship was going to be over. And no. to this day, it's never recovered. So thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> but then, the, so at lunch, Scaletti was like talking a lot of shit and saying how he could beat anybody in the club at arm wrestling. And I was like, all right, you're kind of scrawny. I think I can do this. And I, I like beat him in arm wrestling at the, the sausage place next door. And I think he got really upset about that and decided he was going to drink me under the table. So he just kept pouring whiskey shots during our game, and I did not make it through the second game. Ended up <laughs> either throwing up or just asleep under one of the, the game tables at Endgame, which they weren't happy about, actually. Yeah, because they were, like, they trying lettuce. to sell product, right, for Christmas or whatever, and, like, yeah. you're sleeping under a table. <laughs> yeah, but luckily that was a, that's, it's a two-story, so, like, the shenanigans are upstairs, and most children in families don't see that but yeah it yeah was, but they, it, they stopped up. letting us go back because we were get too loud and drunk yeah i think casey and i played one year where we took a shot for every wound that would happen on a hero oh lord and jesus christ i had That's beastmen like... and he had like orcs and goblins so we had like tons of heroes and we got so <laughs> and that was like our first game that's like the original depravity points yeah <laughs> debauchery points yeah there it is yeah no, so how did you get the idea to start Scroll Builder? Where did that inspiration come from? I've told the story many times, but I'll, I'll tell it again for you guys and anyone of the four people that might be listening to this. <laughs> Just yeah, yo, um, you're giving us high expectations right now. Four people. Like, I'm, no, I'm including us, though. <laughs> yeah, and my grandma. That's it, right? Um, uh, I had my kid. I didn't, I didn't have my kid. My wife did. And then I was stuck at home for a couple months. Um... And AOS had dropped like right at the same time, so it was a very like um, you know end times combined with me having a child. It was very uh, thematic, I'd say, with with the lore of the game and my own hobby time. So I had plenty of hobby time at my house, but I could not go play anybody, nor could I find you know two hours to two three hours to go play a game. So I was trying to AOS was around, no one was playing it, and people started coming up with these points online point systems there was the mo comp in the uk there was mm -hmm. the sdk or something or something like that that someone came up with that was more like granular like a 40k kind of style classic eighth edition style points yeah and i'm just trying to like tell people like we can play this game look at these people are coming up with points and you know it's tough to sell like go look at the spreadsheet and write it down you know some random dude's website you know go write all these numbers down and make a list um, so I s wanted to learn about web development. I was stuck at home. I wanted to play Warhammer AOS. So I just started figuring it out. 
and pretty quickly I think I had a like kind of a bare bones like builder for the Mo comp stuff because it was right. kind of pretty straightforward. It's just a complicated calculator. And um, then I did the SDK stuff. I think that was what it was called, which had you mm-hmm. like you know, weapons options and stuff like that. And I think it wasn't, and that's just kind of how I started it. And that was just for us, you know, just for like people like Michael Mack or you know whoever else that was around to come play AOS with. And then it kind of just blew up once I think South Coast GT came up there like their point system, which was mm-hmm. pretty close of what translated into like the General's Handbook, um, that first one. So once they dropped their points, I put that on there, and I think the user the user numbers went kind of nuts after that. So uh, basically, I was just stuck at home with a little kid, and I wanted to play AOS, and so I just started doing it. And you couldn't, so you found another project to do yeah. that was, like, tangent. It was AOS adjacent. Yeah, and it <laughs> it, it was kind of crazy, but yeah, it, it kind of blew up. That's pretty I awesome. I did spend a lot of time on it. Those, I mean, I kind of was fortunate that I had that much free time, because, as you will soon know, Pagano, you have, like, increments of free time in, like, a half an hour, and then it's, like, an hour and a half of go, 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 then another half an hour, and so you get, like all day you have like these little breaks but you can't so you can get a lot done throughout the day but you're like not able to do things in for like a long chunk of time so i spent a lot of time on it but um i was able to do it because i was just sitting at home for like whatever it was three weeks yeah the blob so like i get i get paternity leave in new york now like you do in california but i'm uh, getting surgery on my ball bag while that's going on, <laughs> so it's not going to be a fun experience to have an infant and have to have this uh, procedure done. So that's Dude, gonna, yeah, that's going to be a uh, well. That should be fun. Yeah, but um, you losers. Yeah, it was nice knowing you. Um, when is this baby coming? Like any week here? It's <laughs> the due date's a week from today. Oh Jesus Christ! You're in the you're in what I call the splash zone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man. What if your kid was born on 9/11, Joe? That would be. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's like the one day. Think... Lindsay was like, "That's the only day I don't want her to be born." And I was like, "Yeah, but we could never forget her birthday." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just couldn't. The door was open. Nope. I walked through I, it. <laughs> I thought of that joke too. I'll just let you say it. Not me. Don't melt steel beams, Joe. Oh, Jesus Christ. Alright, let's All move right. on. So move Tony, on. Tony, what's the next event you're heading to, dude? Um let's see. Probably the next big one will be LVO, which I think is like January, February or something like that. Yeah, we already got our hotel uh, booked, we got our flights booked, we got everything, we're registered, we're going. You guys are going too? Yeah, we're yep, gonna get we're lit. Up. It's gonna be horrible. <laughs> oh my god! Awesome. I think it's a it's a super cool event. I think they run it well. Although last year we did seven games, and that was, for lack of a better term, brutal. Yeah. This but, year is um, six. Definitely, I already checked out the the compact. So yeah, six and an optional seven if you kick ass. But um, it was. Oh, I mean, just, yeah, being in Vegas, <laughs> just you're you don't want to spend seven games of Warhammer in two days, you want to like play three games, and then go ha- out and have fun, and get wild, and then go play another like two or three, right? Like yeah. seven, ga- four games in one day was like eight to seven or something, like crazy shit like that, like it was nuts. Exhausting. And yeah. then you go out and get hammered, and then wake up and play f- 
three more games the next day. It was, uh, I mean, I'll, that, I'll, that said, I did have a great time on all seven of my games, and I didn't feel, sure. like, completely drained out of my, like, you know, AOS, but it was, I didn't get to enjoy as much around, I mean, kind of, what's one of the best parts about it is there's so much cool shit to do outside of just playing Warhammer while you're there, so. Um, sure. Yeah, now, you, I think that's the next big one. You came away with some kit from that, right? What did you win? I think I got a second place painting or something like that. I have a it's it's my first Age of Sigmar trophy, so I got one of the hammers. That was oh uh, nice. It, it, I got a silver one, but I painted a gold when I got home. So <laughs> awesome. That's how you know you are a paint award winner. Yeah. You painted it to be what you wanted it to be. <laughs> Right. Forging the narrative. Conversion. <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. So, so and you, it's the next tournament you're going to also, Joe? Yeah, it's, yeah. that's the next one. It would be LVO. That's cool. I'm going to one that's pretty much the exact opposite of the LVO in October. October 6th and 7th, it's in Huntsville, Alabama, Chaos GT. It's going to be 30 people, and there's nothing to do in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nobody going to that, as opposed to LVO, which has everything to do and everybody going to it. This is the worst shout-out and plug for an event I've ever done. <laughs> Yo, Tony, we're actually coming in, like, real early in the morning on that Thursday because Jacob's never been to Vegas, and we're just going to party that oh whole my God. day. And then we're going to go show up at the team tournament, probably still drunk from Thursday because we land at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning, dude, and we're going to just go hard from the moment we get in till probably the end of the fucking team tournament, and then we're going to crash <laughs> super hard and just just probably drop from the singles tournament, like, not even make it. <laughs> Isn't the team on um, Sunday? It's on Friday. I, I think they changed it. I mean, yeah, I thought it was the AOSGT is Friday and Saturday, and then if you're, like, top four, you're playing on Sunday for a seventh game, else the doubles is on Sunday, I thought. Oh, whatever. But, I, I mean, it's, it still makes sense that you're going to go straight through to the end of the team tournament, because I think that would be Thursday to Sunday night, so yeah, that still makes, would be how it's going to go. That's going to be very painful, like that hangover. That's going to be awesome. The last time I left My Vegas... My is already sort of kicking <laughs> in. You've never been to Vegas? I've never been. Oh, dear. You flew all the way, you live you live all the way on the other side of the country now just to fly back and go to Vegas when you could have took a so excited. flight for like thirty bucks to get over there from here. <laughs> I can see all my friends. It's gonna be so much fun. Dude, that's great. Awesome. I didn't realize you're gonna be there. Cool. Yeah, so you're not taking your, your death, right? You're uh, you're working on a new army for that one? Yeah, I have to figure that out. But yeah, I am not gonna be taking death. I think I'll be taking something new. So either my Deepkin oh, nice. or Beasts of Chaos, I think, because I have a pretty large group of beast models that um, I painted a long time ago. So they're not my best work, but I think I can go through and like touch them up and uh, and bring them. What, so, what's that new see. What's that new book looking like, Tony? We know you've seen it. So what's it look? <laughs> well, one if you check out the Warhammer community site today, they have a little uh, pre-order release and some interesting nuggets are in there. Nuggets. So let's see. Extra abilities for dedicating your army to one of the great frays. So that sounds cool. And uh, <laughs> summoning rules, meanwhile, allow you to sacrifice your troops and call anything from skirmishing ungors to rampaging chimeras. So that also sounds pretty cool. There's some more stuff on there, but... Um, but you've I'm seen still... the whole book, so like you could tell us more about it. <laughs> I, I could. 
I certainly could. I'm not going to, but I could. So do you find this easier because your your regular job you also can't talk about? Yeah, I basically can't talk about anything. I just (laughs) come home and... You know, stare at my food and eat it, and then go into my office and then talk to myself. It's pretty much. So, next question: What's your favorite of the new missiles? <laughs> yeah, are you more of a tomahawk missile guy or like an ICBM kind of guy? Um, I don't know if I have an answer for that. I don't even have a joking answer for that. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Let's. Uh, next question we have for you is: What's your favorite night haunt unit and why? This goes in for Hengel. Hengel asked us this question, so we figured we'd ask you this question. And this can be based on model or how it plays. Um, I think, based on my experience, Grim Ghast Reapers are freaking great. Uh, I used 10 of them in my Nagash army at um, Nova. They did great. And they're just a, I think having 30 of them would have been awesome. I played against a guy who had like 60. <laughs> and they're just a really good unit. Anytime you have a four up, they just flat save is great. They're super choppy, like choppier. Like I think if you go up against Graveguard, they're a little bit better than Graveguard, but Graveguard can get some like bonuses from other ways. Um, they're summonable for. I'm thinking about Legions and Agash, but yeah, they they are summonable, so you can like bring them up or heal them from the Night Hunt book. Yeah, they're just good, man. Like they reroll hits against uh, units if they have like five models. There's tons of way to buff, but ways to buff them. So they're super hitty. They're two attacks each with a two inch reach, which is awesome because they're on 32s. So you get a bunch of attacks in. And uh, yeah, I think they're like one of the best death units right now because they move eight. So you know most death units are slow, but not everything in Nighthawk's pretty quick. Uh, yeah, they're super good. Like, I lost one of my games because the guy just... It was the um, duality of death, so it's the heroes have to hold the two points. He won the... He had the first turn, so he just dumped his heroes right on those two spots and just surrounded himself with Grim Guest Reapers. And I just could not get through them. <laughs> like, I was trying my hardest, but... I mean, that's yeah. like three turns I couldn't chew through them. The models are super cool, too. Are the models in the, the solo boxes different than the ones that come in the... The corset? I haven't... I don't know. I only built the bo- the solo box. I didn't look at the ones in the corset yet, because it's only like four of them or something funky like that, so... Yeah. Um, I'd assume they are. They weren't... Yeah, they were kind of pushed to fitty, I think, when I built them, like, the... But they still had gluing for the hands. They're super cool models, super annoying to play with. They're like... You ever play that game Barrel of Monkeys or whatever, where you like pull yeah. one monkey? It's like that <laughs> shit. Like you, they have these long arms with long hooks, and you just pick up one, and they just like grab like eight other guys. Like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You're like apologizing the whole tournament. Sorry, 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 sorry. As you like pull like half the models off the board, you're trying to remove one dead dude. There should be like a tournament house rule that's similar to the chess rule, where if you take your hand off a model, it like counts as moved. So in AOS, if you if the model leaves the table because you picked up a different model, it counts as dead. For <laughs> dead. <running>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play with Jeez. stupid trays Think, or don't bring them. Think about the fucking conversion opportunities you could have. Be like, yeah, well, I just added six foot fucking plastic chain to everybody, <laughs> and every time I move a unit, it knocks one of your guys down. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of my kid learning to roll dice, and he he would come into my office, and I had like a test table test table set up, and he was throwing the dice at my models to knock them out. <laughs> yes, I'm like that's that's a that's like a hardcore way to play Warhammer, and yeah. I, I like where your head's at, kid. 
Chad, Chad Pond's son, uh, Clayton, always would do that. Chad would be like, you want to roll for me? And like Clayton would be like, yeah, he would take the dice and he would like fucking roll it. It would like hit into my front rank all my witch elves. They'd go exploding <laughs> everywhere. And Chad would be like, no, you can't do that. And I'd be like, oh, God, I want to die. I just finished painting these. Like, <laughs> I really hate your kid right now. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. Um, so I got a question. Don't. Do you have any advice on how to continue to play this shit and do this shit the way that we do and also, like, be, like, a not a shitty fucking dad? (laughs) Like, like what's your advice on that? Like, um... I don't know. Let me... I... I, (laughs) I Your silence is saying a lot. So, how to continue. I think you you can always keep playing. Like, I always keep painting. Like, I get about a half an hour and of solid like painting every night and the goal of that or the first goal I had was make sure my kid went to bed early and that still has pushed back I think when he was like little from like 7 to like now it's like 9 but that still gives me like enough like time to be able to get in like a television show with my wife and then like a half an hour of painting or just like paint um so I can keep going but I think without getting able to play like painting kind of like starts to suck because you're just painting shit and you don't get to play the game i have found that i host i made everyone come play with me at my house so i host a a weekly game night i built my tables i already had a couple of them but i built some more i bought a bunch of terrain i supply a bunch of beer um and i say everyone comes to my house at eight eight o'clock and then we play you know from eight to like 11 or whatever so that gets me my weekly game i think going to a game store um some wives are more forgiving um at least this gets me through like dinner and then like saying goodnight to the kid and then it's you know i can um excuse myself a little early to play although i've been trying to now that he's older i think i can do the um probably like once or twice a month go to a game store but game stores usually close around like 10 so you got to get there you know like six or seven to bullshit and then start the game and stuff but and then for the tournaments um, I'm I'm fortunate enough that I get every other Friday off, so typically I can like align that up so I'm not it it becomes like a like a vacation shortage I think for me to travel to tournaments like I have to do like family vacations now and Warhammer vacations and it's tough to balance like the budget and the time to dedicate going for because for us at least in the West Coast like we have the South Coast. No, we have what's it called? Uh, the one that's in October down in down oh, south. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I want to say South Coast. It's, but it's not, not Dice that. Hammer, is it? No, it's um. SoCal GT. SoCal GT's coming, and other than that, like we don't have a whole lot of big tournaments around our area. We have small like narrative ones, and I'll sneak out to those like a one day here and there. But those the weekends are tough to like find time for because there's always like baseball practice or some birthday party or something like that that is always going to be like my top priority you know on a normal I didn't weekend. you played in a league yeah you know i've been playing a uh, uh bench <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um but the big ones like lvo adepticon and the, usually one more i kind of like say these are my i kind of just set the standard that those are the, what i'm going to travel to and I think I waited a little bit when Lucas was born before I kind of like, well, I needed things to like mellow out to make sure like I wasn't going to come back to a freaking nightmare. So, um, 
I, I, uh, and I also called, I think, on my, my in-laws to come help Fung when I left for that first one. I was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to be gone this weekend. And they were just like, what? And then they all, like, they just did, their, all I had to say was, like, I'm going to be gone. And then they all just, like, showed up. So I didn't yeah. have to ask for help. I just kind of dropped the nugget, and then they all, you know, judged me and made, you know, talked about how shitty I was while I went and played games all weekend. But um, I think there's, you just got to figure it out. You can so do sounds that. Like, sounds like the bullet points you're saying are delegate and live with the consequences. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying that you don't think February is too soon to go away for a tournament. Did you hear that, babe? <laughs> <laughs> what would that be? Uh, so it's September, October, November, December, January, February. Yeah, I mean, it's doable. It's fine. I think it's... I mean, my parents, are, just, my parents are upstairs, dude. Like, not yeah, a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Right, but. The shitty thing is when they're sick. Like, that's... When I, I remember going to those tournaments when he was young and like being like, please don't just don't get the freaking flu right now, man. Because when they're little kids, they get sick all the time. And when they get sick, it's like freaking awful. Because then if your wife gets sick, you get sick, everybody's freaking sick. And you're like, all right, I'm out of here. See ya. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but um, Then I go to Vegas for four days with Jacob and do yeah. just tons of drinking. It will get the yeah. cold out of me. Yeah. yeah, but then you just say this is the only time I get to see my friends. You know, like I don't see these guys anymore, and it affects my, you know. And I'll say there is this. I'm gonna get really cheesy here and say when you come back from something like that, you're like so much more pumped to be a good dad because you like miss your kid and you come back like, even though you've been drinking and puking all weekend and haven't slept, you come back like energized to be a dad instead of just being in the grind, you know, nonstop all day long. So but really, yeah, you can relate good. that to your, to your kid and your wife. You're like, hey, you guys have been sick and puking and not sleeping this whole time. Me neither. <laughs> you it know, hasn't been easy on me either. What's great is, I mean, like, I've been back in New York for over a year now, and I really haven't made any new friends. So it's, <laughs> it's true. I'm just so fucking lonely. <laughs> just don't know what to do. Well, it'll be great to see you, man. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, you can tell us all about your... your uh, the new dad stories that you'll get, you'll have experienced in the, the five months that your child's know, been alive. Be There's a lot of shitting and peeing and puking and all that great stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward. It's very nurgle. You're gonna it's super nurgle. I was I was really bummed I couldn't get out and come down to DC when you guys were so close. But there's always yeah, next year. We had year. so much fun without you, Joe. It's all right. I it was pretty much. I won an award. I know. Good on you, man. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea what you were, how you were doing in that tournament. I just know you weren't at the top tables, but you still got an award, so good job. <laughs> no, I was not playing on top tables at all. What? That's what happens when you slip the fucking TO five hundred dollars at the beginning of the tournament. Say, oh, I really like <laughs> to be the best one sportsman. One shot of whiskey and like a couple retweets. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of Twitter. Um, all right, Tone. So, can you like? I've always wanted to ask you this because I know you're a big fucking Star Wars nerd, like bigger than anyone else I know. So, like, can you rank them from your favorite to your least favorite for me? Sure. I, I, can, I can probably do that. I think I'll start at the bottom and say the obvious obvious least favorite, which will be Phantom Menace. That's but my fucking favorite one, dude. I'm going to say <laughs> this. What the fuck? I'm going to say this. That's from my perspective now. When I was younger, I, I think that when I watched it, I didn't think it was a bad movie, and I still enjoyed it. I think it hit me, like, I was pumped. Like, 45 minutes of pod racing, dude, yeah. come on! Star Wars was back. Like, we hadn't had a Star Wars movie for a long time, not since one that I was alive, you know, to witness, or old enough to witness in a theater. 
we had Darth Maul, who was metal as all you could be. You had Obi Wan. You can curse on the show, Tony. Yeah, I know. I'm just. Okay. I was trying to think. I was trying to not just curse and, and like come up with. Well, a I guess. Adjective. I guess your son is asleep next to you. No, I don't. I don't give a shit about that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was still fun. I think as I got older, though, and when I like go back, because I still watch Star Wars movies on a regular basis while I'm painting and stuff. So, I think it's still the one I go to least. Like it was good when I watched it when I was younger. That's what it was designed for. It worked. That's all I need for that one. I now, have you watched dueling... the Phantom edit where they put all three of the original of the the prequel trilogy together and they cut out basically everything that was garbage and basically just make it about Anakin it's... and Obi-Wan and like a little bit of Padme in there? It starts yeah, off yeah, it starts yeah, off with Maul killing uh Qui-Gon, right? Qui-Gon. Right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's sick. So anyways, that's that one down there. Then it's two and three. Three, I think, was my most enjoyable of the original trilogy, and I, I was, I remember thinking like, as because I was a little older at this time, like they did it, like they made a good one. Mm-hmm. It's got some cheesy lines in it, but they're gonna make it. And then the Darth Vader no screaming no scene hit, and I was like, God, damn it, why <laughs> did you do that? Um, and it stood out, like everybody made fun of it. You know, oh, yeah. it's just a bad decision. Um, well, and the dialogue between Anakin and, and Obi Wan in that final scene is just uh, so bad. It's it's like funny how bad it is. It's it's crazy, but I mean, still, you know, you're trying to come at it like from a positive, brainwashed Star Wars fan like me, and you're like, okay, sure. they're like fighting on lava. He just freaking like it was just crazy. Like, and it was still okay. I think I was really trying to like it, but that no scene really just hit me in the nuts so uh anyways and then uh can you start over where because I, I went to get a beer <laughs> you were so good about not making it obvious and then you yeah. stopped him <laughs> i'm sorry two then three i think it's 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 phantom attack of the clones uh Venge. whatever it's called revenge of the sith isn't that it's um, chronological order tony like yeah you're not even being losing creative. your audio buddy <laughs> I can't hear you, at least. Oh, sorry. Sorry? Hello. Sorry. much better. Excuse me. Sorry. But it's literally, you're going in chronological order, dude. Well, I'm going to change it up now. Switch it up. Uh, Four, five, six. (laughs) Yeah. Four, five, six. No. Um, I think it will be Star Wars A New Hope, Return of the Jedi. Well, I don't know. I got got to mix in the new ones, too, huh? Yeah, you do. You got to deal with Last Jedi in there. Last Jedi... It's somewhere in around the top. I think it's Empire Strikes Back's around the top. Um, I had a, I don't, I really enjoyed the Last Jedi. Like I was. Oh, I did too. I was, I'm just, I'm just stoking internet rage. Uh, I, I think. Um, what about Solo? On Solo is in the bottom. I, I just, I, it was still, it wasn't a bad movie, but I just wasn't like super pumped about it. Like every one of the new Star Wars movies, I've seen like two or three times in the theater. Like. I need to go watch it again because I just need to experience it again so I can like wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. Solo, I watched once and I was like, eh, like I don't need to go see it again. Um, it was fun. It was, you know, interesting. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't. It was a different kind of movie. Yeah. Um, just like Rogue One was a different kind of movie, but I really but the thing liked... is, Rogue One was just so fucking good. Yeah, Ro- I think Rogue One's my number one at all of them. Yeah, out of the new ones, it totally is. Like that, 
Vader scene at the end. Like, it was already a great movie. Like, I was like, this is nuts. I can't believe they're going to kill everybody. This is dope. Like, they just made a Star Wars movie. They're like, you know what? We're just going to make a Star Wars movie for adults. Like, that's what we're going to do, and we're going to make it. And we're going to kill everybody, and it's going to be dark and crazy like war should be for these little, like, fantasy characters. And then Vader shows up, and I was just like, what? And he just... Owens and it was so great. Like every every Vader scene in that movie was good. There's like the the, the sarcastic dad jokes that he makes <laughs> while choking a man. That was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that 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 Vader scene is what that's the Star Wars kid in me that's like, I need to go see that again because that yeah, the hallway scene exactly. when he's just murdering everybody that's is that's dope. That's one of the only Star Wars movies I can't paint to because I get I'm just glued to the TV. I yeah. cannot like that, that first musical note hits and you see the Death Star, and I'm done. Yeah, I like when he throws that, the guy into the ceiling. Like he just like force throws the dude, <laughs> just fucks that dude's whole life up with that shit. That was that was so good. I mean, that's the difference between those prequel Jedi's just like throwing blades around like crazy, and you're like, this is that's how I want Star Wars to be. Like Jedi are supposed to be super powerful. Like it's supposed to be like a almost like the video games you see where they're just like mm-hmm. going nuts, right? And but then you watch it and you're like, I don't think i really wanted that like it kind of like kind of ruins it in a way like seeing the flipping and like yoda going nuts like as a kid i still liked it but it's still like did i need to see that like is that how the best way to like show that but vader the way they did vader was oh yeah because it was still like very brute force like the way that he was in the movies from the 70s and 80s because it was so slow and like really just methodic like beating with a baseball bat and he was still (laughs) using that kind of rage like anger, yeah. shit in that that hallway scene, and we hadn't seen. You know, there's a comic. There's a whole bunch of Star Wars comic book series that I stopped reading a couple months ago. But there's a Darth Vader one, and there's a scene where they send like the rebels send an entire legion of their best troops to go fucking take him out on like some planet, and he just rocks them all. And it was such a cool comic book to read, and uh, that. When I saw that scene, I was like, this is what I wanted it to be. Like, not overdone, but he just rocks all these dudes. And we hadn't seen Vader be like that, like, since he was, like, full dark. Like, he was pretty dope, but then he gets beat by Obi-Wan, and that's, like, the end. We hadn't seen him showcase his, like, true potential until that movie, so. Yeah. yeah. So on a, scale of, on a scale of 1 to 10, and this is not 1 to 10 and positive negative, I just need, a, like, a binary scale. 1 being like need new underwear and 10 being like your mascara is running down your face because i'm sure you were either crying or erect maybe both put me put me on the scale where you were at the end of that scene uh i was just i, was just, I don't know i wasn't crying i was just pumped pumped is the best way i could describe it like so one yeah i think i think uh <laughs> i think <laughs> Seeing Luke come out in Last Jedi and him not going crazy, like, I was scared as soon as I saw Vader come out that door. I'm like, God damn it, they're going to ruin Vader right now. And they didn't. Yeah. And I think, I'm, I'm glad they didn't do it with Luke. I was okay with it. Um, but, because it's a tough thing to do and get right. And I think you're, they did it dope with Vader. So. Yeah, definitely. Alright, so we've got the muddy middle of your rankings, which has like A New Hope and um, Empire is my Return favorite. of the Jedi. It'll still yeah, give me, give me your favorite. top three. What, what and I'll tell you three? why Empire is my favorite. Not just because it's the best movie. It's because the first one I saw, my mom used to clean houses when I was a kid, and she cleaned an electronics store. And 
when I was younger, she used to take us with her when we didn't have school or whatever. So I was with her at this electronic store, and the owner was like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? And I'm like, sure. And he's like, go into our freaking surround sound room and pick out a movie. And there's two movies he had on Laserdisc, Jaws and Star Wars. I didn't know what either of them were. One had a gigantic shark on it that was like eating a girl, and one was just said like Star Wars or whatever. So I chose Star Wars. He puts on Empire, and the first scene on Empire is like the assault on Hoth, essentially, mm-hmm. is what it is. And it blew my little kid mind. I was like, this is the... It had nothing to do with, like, really Jedis. I mean, there's a little bit of Luke, you know, fighting the ice monster or whatever it's called, but just, like, the ATSTs just blowing up stuff. Or ATAT, sorry. My nerd cred. Uh, I was going to correct was, you. It was... Uh, it just blew me away. So that's, that will still be my favorite film just because that was the first one I saw. And it, like, just opened the door. Yeah. And what could, what could, what rounds out your top three? I think uh, Rogue One's up there, mm-hmm. and then um, it's tough. I think I think well, Return of the Jedi I really liked as a kid, just because of all the space battles. Yep. Like I would just fast forward the VHS to the part when they jumped into hyperspace and, and attacked the second Death Star. Just yep. over and over. I just needed to watch all the ships just battling it out and I think um, I don't know I think that's one of them that one's up there I think I still really enjoyed Last Jedi I still do mm-hmm. I think it had it's kind of weird stuff but that throne room scene was just like this so good that's the best lifesaver battle ever I needed it was a little cheesily choreographed with some weird stuff going on like no. funky nunchuck stuff or whatever but um, yeah it was it was just great so I don't know if I could pick the third one, but it's definitely. I think you got a four-way tie for a third. Yeah, there's just a. They're all, all up, and I and I think they're all. There's still Rogue One. I think Rogue One is one of the best. I'm not a film buff, but I'd say it's one of the best new movies, like in terms of a film. Like it just felt really good at the beginning, at the end. And I agree. It felt almost like you know how Dark Knight actually got accolades because it was a good movie that happened to be a superhero film. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Rogue One. It's a good movie that happens to be a Star Wars film. Yeah. That's a good point. Force Awakens was still great. Like, they didn't, like, I still enjoyed that one, too, even though it was, like, tons of parallels. But mm-hmm. I still really enjoyed it. Super stoked that John Williams is still making all the music. Yep. Because it's all great. Like, I listen to Ray's theme from that soundtrack all the time. Oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's hard. But Welcome Empire back to the favorite. Star Wars podcast, everybody, with Tony Pacheco. <laughs> yeah, I know. We made a website that has nothing to do with our actual podcast because all we talk about on the show is Star Wars. Yeah, that's well, great. It's good stuff to talk about. So what's next for you in the hobby, Tony? Let's let's segue back into the realm of the four listeners. I am I have about a thousand points of Deepkin that I've painted up. I'm I'm currently rebasing all of my beastmen just so I can play them. Um, and that's kind of the two avenues I'm going to go. I'm going to start uh, playing Beasts once that drops, mm-hmm. and then um, see how I feel about it, and then kind of decide. I have you know a couple months to figure out to paint some stuff up for LVO. Um, Deepkin is cool, but they feel just not a lot of options. I think you're kind of yeah. you're always reaching for allies to like fill little spots in that list and. Because you don't have anything cheap. It's like Not me. Points. Yeah. You don't need them, but I... It's, but you won't win without them. <laughs> oh, no, I think you can, and people do. Um, but 
I like to have little cheap units and for like objectives and screens and stuff like that and I don't know I haven't played Deepkin enough to know like do I need those units but I feel like certainly on a scenario like Star Strike or something like that where mm-hmm. you don't know where something's going to land or you just need someone to be holding on to something Deepkin have like not a whole lot of options to fill that role you have like a hero or you have 140 points of thralls and I, I look at like well I could take you know two units of ten eternal guard or I could take some heart re- the canary harpies chicks yep and there's all these like other options I could fill in but I don't really want to paint those units I want to paint deepkin so I don't know I I've I really like I did some cool conversions for the deepkin that I have and I really mm-hmm. like like painting them but I'm not so they might just end up being a thousand point list that I'll just take for like the team tournament or something like that or the local sure. stuff. I feel like if you're gonna like run like an ally specific for an army, like you like you're saying like you need an ally in a deepkin list that like it gives you a good c- cool conversion opportunity. So like if you're gonna have to take Canari, like you're like okay, well let's how can I make them apply to like a aquatic theme like. Can you make them all like crab women? I don't know. That's just what came to mind. I don't know. <laughs> it's crab women. Yeah, I've been thinking about that, like uh, mermaids, something like that, because they're like oh, that's better than chicks. crab women. That's better. Uh, <laughs> Destroys crab women by far. <laughs> There's uh, sea snakes you can do with some of the other dark elf stuff. Uh, I've thought about this, and I'll say I'll argue the other way that I don't want to convert up. I think it is a good conversion op- opportunity, but based on how this game has been evolving, like, I don't want to paint my allies to, like, match my army, because there's always going to be some new book or something where you're going to want to use those units, I feel like, so I don't want to... You can do a little bit, but I I really like... I think in my art games, I would make them not fully converted over, just so they do look like allies, because they are different. They're different from your army, and I don't want them to, like, look like they're part of the army. They're not. They're not going to they're not going to get all the benefits of your like allegiance abilities and all that stuff. I want them to stand out and say these are the allies, and um, then I can use them in when I make some other army. So, would you, I'm would all you about usability. Their faces match? I probably wouldn't. I think if like if I was going to do like a display board, I'd probably have a section of the board that's like at least for Deepkin that's like maybe above water or something you know crazy like that so they i base that area differently and then that's where the allies go and then the rest is where the deepkin is have, i think that's what i would try and do i want to have you on here more often so you can just tell us all our ideas are awful <laughs> no it's just all my ideas are great wow, i suddenly yeah, don't feel so bad about myself <laughs> 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 you really nailed that i just don't it's going back to being a dad i don't have a whole bunch of time like I want to, if I'm gonna paint something like that, and I end up wanting to play that army, I I don't want to be like, man, I wish I didn't paint these guys looking like mermaids. I would rather just use them, you know. So I'm trying to like. Yeah, you could always just have another unit. Like I don't know if like maybe like you're only you're like rolling quarters to buy your Warhammer stuff, but I could, you know, what I mean, like I could see you kind of have enough money to <laughs> buy another box. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't know. There's also time to think about, Joe. Time. You're just being sensitive. It's time. That's really, yeah. Just paint at your desk, dude. No one will even notice. <laughs> yeah. Just put up like signal shield barriers so we can see your desk when you're at work. Yeah. That's all you guys make, anyways. Yeah. If, you, if you even have a desk, if you're not out somewhere <laughs> in the Middle East killing high priority targets. 
I'm here for my review. Okay, let me put down these models I'm painting. Uh, you really have to get your work done as much as you should be. Uh, okay, you can leave now. I need to finish painting these models. <laughs> I was just thinking that like a really good modeling opportunity if you're going to play Deepkin is you should have like your endless spells be something specific to your army, and you could use the Grave Tide and just put like a thrall on a surfboard. Dude, in this, that, yeah, that's genius and totally yeah. serious, and everyone will <laughs> love it. No, I think it's I think the endless spells, but it's shitty that it's so hard to buy, like that that you have to buy that whole set. Like if you're gonna convert up one now, you have to buy like all twelve or ten or whatever they are if you want to use it again in another army. So there is that to consider too. Oh shit, Tony dishing on his dirt on GW, hating on the box set. Talk to us more, Tony. Oh, yeah. What else do you hate about GW, dog? This is our I don't hate what we hate about anything. GW. I'm just saying, if you convert him up, you got to buy a whole box set to get him again. So, so, Tony, why don't you tell us about the exciting new releases you told us about before when we weren't recording that are coming with the new Beastman book? Uh, I have, I'm going to just clarify that I didn't say anything. What yeah. about all those new units? <laughs> I hear some news. You're gonna make me hang up. <laughs> all right. We got we got two more questions, and we're gonna ask you a lot more about something that's hanging up on us. Yeah, I'll just. All right. Right here, we asked Tony a question he couldn't answer, so uh, let's pick up where we left off. All right, serious question, Tony. We're editing that whole thing out. We're sorry. Top three metal albums. <laughs> Ready to go. Uh, um, top number one, probably Master of Puppets by Metallica. I knew that was coming. Even though Ride the Lightning is probably up there because that was the first Metallica album I listened to, but I think Master of Puppets is... I listened to it the most times in my life. Uh, number two or three is Brendan Small's Galacticon. If you like metal and you haven't heard about him, go check it out. I love that music. And I think I don't I don't want to play on Metallica again because I listen to a lot of stuff other than Metallica, but I think their um, Garage Days album with all the covers of... Um, the cover of the Misfits other, like, on that, right? Yeah, mm. Misfits. Uh, Whiskey in uh, a Jar's on that too, right? Merciful Fate. Like it just introduced me to a bunch of more bands. Like this was back before we had Spotify or Netflix or or Netflix, what is Pandora and stuff like that. Like yeah. you could, it was hard to like know about these bands as like a twelve-year-old or however old I was. So listening to that exposed me to so much more metal. Um, Black Sabbath, like I think uh, Masters of Reality is like up there in one of my favorite metal albums, and I got on that because of sabbath bloody sabbath and then like i went on this like crazy black sabbath um old black sabbath like kind of tangent in my life so uh i think that album really exposed me to a lot but masters of reality is pretty up there for me i really that's a, like that. that's a respectable list have you have you heard of jimmy Eat world yes i think i don't know if it was them one of my aunts bought me like a cassette tape of that i think it was that and she like gave it to me for my birthday and i gave it to my dad i was like here you go like you can have this <laughs> That's pretty. I don't know, man. Bleed it, bleed it, bleed. American just hits from the start of the record. It's just like right away. It's going, yeah. and it's pop punk goodness. Now I know one of your favorite bands is the Sword. Are you upset about them going on a permanent hiatus? I didn't even know that was true. 
Yeah, I kind of was. Yeah, I wanted to drop this on you on the air, get your emotional Jesus reaction. Christ, really? Yeah, they're listen to me, Google. Uh, crazy. Burt Reynolds is dead. He's dead. No, yeah, Burt Reynolds is dead. Uh, I know. And the sword that. is going on hiatus. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm glad I got to see them. Yeah, they haven't written a good so. album since uh, Apocryphon, though. So I don't know why you still go see them. Their last couple albums have been. Doing you know me. that acoustic album of theirs is, is terrible. Good it's good barbecue and music, man. I'm outside drinking beer, and I blast my my neighbors with metal a lot so i'll put that one on occasionally just to be a nice guy and um but that sucks well i'm glad i got to see him last year whenever it was so good on that so our last question for you and we'll let you go because i know you got a kid who's probably waking up from his nap what are your top three favorite events that you've been to of all time that stand out in your warhammer either eighth or fifth or aos or doesn't matter what year we want to know what year what event and why? Like, was it when Derek went flying headfirst out of a shopping cart and almost died at West Coast GT? Or you could say that West Coast GT because that was the year we met and that I changed your life. Yeah. But mm. That's definitely not it. But uh, Fuck. <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> I think um, this one, I think my most fondest, my fondest Warhammer memories. I got to go to Alamo GT. I don't know what year it was. 2010, 11, 12, something around there, but the organizers were good friends with the guys that were the club that I had started hanging out with in San Francisco, Leadership 2. And so we would go out there, they would rent this party bus, this double-decker party bus, where they would drive us around downtown San Antonio to all these different bars, but it was an open-top bus, so we're just drunk, we're driving around the city, yelling at people on the street, um, the bus was they like they didn't trim the trees like the trees were trimmed to the top of the bus, but the bus was open top so like they didn't account for the like human height which I don't have a lot of but still so you're like cruising around you're drunk there's beer on the bus and now all of a sudden you just hear tree and like everyone tries to duck but someone's not paying attention and a tree branch just smacks on the it was like one of the most enjoyable nights I've ever had and. Um, tournament scene was still great there like it was a cool venue they had a bar in like in the venue which was great but um that one's up there um just for just a super enjoyable uh weekend wapaka which would have been like uh 2014 or 15 is this the year you uh, abandoned josh rosenstein in a snowstorm and he no was like, oh. he, he was not abandoned but this is that was my only trip out there for that, and I will say it was like minus 20 degrees. I didn't know what cold was until I went out. It was like February in Wisconsin. I'd never been to Wisconsin, um, and there was a moment when I was leaving. So the venue was super cool. It's like this like beer house thing, and they have like areas in the back for you to play, and it's so cold outside that everybody is just stuck in this one little spot, and it's they had like so you just get to know a lot of people because there's you just can't leave this little room, this little bar. So when I was going to walk from the bar or the brewery house or whatever to the hotel, which was about maybe 100 meters like from this place, it's minus 20 degrees outside. There's a guy hanging out by the door. He's like, hey, man, can I like walk back with you to the hotel? And I'm like, uh, sure. Like, I don't know who you are. And he's like, yeah, I got like a bad knee and I just don't want to slip out there. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, if you, like, slipped out there, you would, like, die. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> but it was a super fun tournament. Everyone was, was really cool. And it was just a good vibe. I think that was a really fun one. I really wanted that story to end with, like, and then he was a homeless man and he slept in the hotel lobby. <laughs> no, I think that was um, Brad Schwann. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's, like, a... Schwanz. He's a popular ASA guy. Isn't that German for penis? Schwanz? Yeah. I made a lot of friends out there. It was cool. Was that the year that... And then QCR. Oh, I was going to... Real quick, Tony, before we get to that. Wasn't Hengel outside in that negative 20 with no shirt on smoking a cigar? Yes, he was. What a legend. What a fucking legend. It was a crazy weekend. It was fun. It was nuts. It was cold, though. Jesus Christ, it was cold. I mean, we don't... We don't experience that in California, and I had never experienced anything below zero ever. So uh, we were back. We were in Milwaukee for a night, and we were partying. And we were walking back, and it was just freaking like it just hurt. Like I did. I'm like I've never been so cold that I just hurt, and that's how I feel right now. <laughs> I work outside but, uh, in that. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Ugh, not Jesus. worth it. But it was fun. That was a super fun trip. That's sick. Dude. And I think QCR is up there too. I don't know. Just going to my first QCR, which was the old uh, Warhammer Fantasy tournament we used to hold in San Francisco, uh, right on the water there at the uh, whatever is the marina or whatever it is. Um, just like the quality of armies you saw at QCR was just nuts. Like um, that seemed like Jeff Seuss's army and like you know Scaletti and all these like popular painters of that time were just like she was just crazy like and there was like 100 players they had kegs unlimited beer they had beer wenches or whatever that came over and then filled up the beer for you um it was just, just it was such a great event uh i'm sad it's gone maybe someday it'll, it'll make its way back hengel's playing aos now so yeah could happen again but uh yeah i mean i've been to a lot of really fun tournaments but um those are the probably those three that were really. They all involve a lot of drinking, so there's there maybe there's a common theme there. But now there's there's one out here in uh, New Jersey in the summer. And I think it's like right around NashCon, which is why Jacob didn't try to do it last year. But like I'm thinking about that would be the one that everyone like. Hey, just come. I'll pick you up at the fucking airport. We'll drive out to Jersey, party on the East Coast, do whatever, party out. If you want to come out, Tony, I know it's hard for you, but. That's going to be the one that I always hit because it's like pretty much local for me. Cool. So Yeah, I'll add, I'll add it to the growing list. Of, but it sounds, yeah, I mean. All right, Tony's not coming. Easy ones. I can tell he's not coming. <laughs> it's just like anytime, anytime I ever invite Tony anywhere, he's like, yeah, well, yeah, sure. Well, it's a fucking cool. I'm yeah, not going to say no. I'll be it's on. so nice of him to come to your wedding. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, did you, I wasn't invited, man. You got. I sent you a fucking invite and a save the date, bro. Are you for real? It was Jacob Barry's invite. I was already. Right, I, did I didn't invite you to my wedding. Okay, so one of you guys didn't invite me <laughs> because you do. I'd say no. I that is, I think that has cost me my my friendship with Colonel. I didn't invite him. Really? To my it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't invite Tony to my wedding. I was just kidding. Yeah, I didn't invite you guys to my wedding, so you know it's okay. I feel I like you were already married when I met you. No. Yeah, we did a little ceremony at the courthouse with like five people. So. Wow. How many of your models did you bring to that? <laughs> uh, do you count my wife? Oh, hey, um, oh. wow. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've no. been at your house like a couple times, Tony, and I still never met your wife. 
Like I, <laughs> every time, Joe. That's intentional. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. All right, I get it. You got to protect her from me. Uh, you know, like, oh, yeah. she's like, oh, man, I don't want my husband hanging out with this asshole. Thank you. You're just, you're just like a cooler, more tatted up version of Neil. Why would I? All right, so Tony, we're about to let you go, but before we do, any any shout outs you want to give, anything you want to plug, any any rad podcasts you want to mention on here, or anything like that, because if uh, I assume if you're going on any other shows, you're going to mention our show. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's what's it called again? I, I just got your name is great, by the way. That's Rage Sigmar. Yeah. Good idea. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Use War Scroll Builder every day of your life so that I can keep making it for Games Workshop. And, uh, you know, just have fun. Paint models and have fun. Roll dice. That's all I Sounds like say. you're saying don't be an AOS hole. Yeah, don't do not do that. I've all never had fun awesome in my life. trophy that you're going to put right up <laughs> and look at every day. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have anything to plug, really. That's fine. Just thought I'd give you the opportunity. All right, so now that that's all done with, what is this new corn versus Slanesh box going to be like? <laughs> you know, as I'll say, keep your eyes peeled on that Warhammer community site because you never know when something's going to pop up. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gonna make me go all out Up in here, up in here Y'all gonna make me act a fool Up in here, up in here Y'all gonna make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here If I got to bring it to you cowards Then it's gonna be quick Aight, all your men have been to jail before Suck my dick And all the motherfuckers you run with Get done with, done quick how the fuck you going broke the dog or some bum shit? I they go to gun click. Now I'm one one shit. All over some dumb shit. Ain't that some shit? Hey niggas remind me of a strip club. Cause every time you come around, it's like what? I just gotta get my dick sucked. And I don't know who the fuck you think you talking to. But I'm not him. I explain to watch what you do. Or you gon' find yourself very next to someone else. And we all thought you loved yourself. But that couldn't have been the issue. Or maybe they just saying that now cause they miss you. Shit, a nigga tried to diss you. That's why you laying on your back, looking at the roof of the church. Preacher telling the truth. Y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me go all out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me act a fool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here Off the chain, I leave niggas soft for the brain Cause niggas still want the fame, off the name First of all, you ain't rap long enough To be fucking with me and you Strong enough. So whatever it is you puffing on, I got you thinking that you Superman. I got the kryptonite. Should I smack him with my dick in the mic? Yeah, niggas is characters, not even good actors. What's gonna be the outcome? It's out of all the factors. You whack, you twisted, your girl's a hoe. You broke, the kid ain't yours, and everybody knows. Your own man say you stupid. You be like, so I love my baby mother. I never let her go. I'm tired of weak ass niggas whining over foot that don't belong to them. Fuck is wrong with them? They fuck it up for real niggas like my man's in them who get it all with the strength for the hands with them. Man, y'all gon' make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me go all out. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me act a fool. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me lose my cool. Up in here, up in here. I bring down. 
down range the heavy and curse the head No more talking, put him in the dirt instead You keep up, unless you tryna end up red Cause if I end up dead, I end up dead Cause you just soft type nigga, fake up dog type nigga Push like a soft white nigga Dog is a dog, blood sticking in water We done been through the mud and we quicker the slaughter The bigger the order, the more guns we want out When up in there, everybody come out When nobody burn out, send in the sun out I'ma keep the gun out, nigga running his mouth I'ma blow his lung out Listen, your ass is about to be missing You know who gon' find you? Some old man fishing Grandma wishing your soul's at rest But it's hard to digest with the size of the hole in your chest uh, Y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me go all out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me act a fool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here Can do uh, now. Uh, uh, uh.